What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as Bruce Buffer would say, it's time for Sports Power Talk. I am not Jake Murren. I am Alex Henry, and I will be your host this Sunday. And must I say, I have a packed show. We're going to talk about all of the just craziness that has been NFL free agency. We're going to especially talk about the Browns. Uh, we'll talk about the Cavs, you know, as playoffs are slowly approaching. Uh, we'll talk about March Madness. A lot, a lot to talk about. And I couldn't have asked for two better guys to join me. To my left, I have Matt from UK. Matt, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good, man. We have a full slate today. I'm excited. And to my right, I have Pat Weber. How are we doing, Alex? Not too bad, Pat. Let me ask, uh, Jets hat. Are you a Jets fan? or uh, The Jets are my second team, and you know what? They've kind of been popping off this free agency, especially with the whole Aaron Rodgers rumors, Yeah, especially hey. that have been all but confirmed by A-Rod himself. Right. Uh, he even said that he wants to play for the Jets, so you know, got to rep the second team, show him a little bit of love. The Jets have been down in the bottom barrel of the NFL for so long, it's kind of heartwarming to see him, you know, have a little ray of hope coming through. Yeah, oh. for sure. Matt, do you have a second team? No, I really don't have a second I team. No, I I don't. No, it's kind of just Cleveland sports control my mental well-being, and then I kind of just like watching whatever game I'll find entertaining at that point. That's a that's a very very respectable thing there. Yeah, I won't yeah. lie to you. I, I respect the full on yeah, homerism no, I'll, right I'll there. Just, I gotta yeah, give you a fist bump ruin for that. ruin my mental health. Like, <laughs> oh, this game this game looks fun afterwards, or you know. Well, you know, for me, my second team's the Raiders. But I'm sorry, you can make an <laughs> argument that the Raiders are my first team because. When I actually got into football, like my family wasn't into football. I got into it myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Cleveland had a sports team. So nice. the Raiders were <laughs> nice. actually my first team because I liked their colors when I would play the video game. Mad yeah, I remember that, that's, man. That, that's so we, very, that, we, we that's mad the, respect. We rode the school yeah. bus together, man. I remember yeah. you had all that Raiders gear I had all on. the Raiders gear, always. Yeah, so uh, you could argue they're my, my first team, but I, I'll say they're my second because I'm a Browns uh, homer as well here. Hey, guys, let's get into free agency. I got a lot to talk about. I'm not going to, you know... Pack everything up nice and sugar. We're getting it straight to the point. Dallas has released Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, just crazy. Uh, I'll give my thoughts first, and then I, I would kind of want to hear from you. I mean, we're talking about a team that, if you ask me, we know the struggle is at quarterback, if you ask me. But let's get rid of 
or, or running back. And and sure, was you know his season kind of lackluster. Was maybe there an opportunity to release him and get something else? Sure. Um, and you know, do you have a good backup? Sure. But was it the first move I would have made? No. What do you guys think? Yeah, the weird part to me was I knew something suspicious was up when they franchise tagged Tony Pollard and they were going to be paying their running back room like north of $25 million, mm-hmm. which is like, if you know anything about salary cap management, that is malpractice. Uh, so then, you know, releasing Zeke when, you know, you backload his contract and you still have a dead cap hit. I I don't really get this move, but at the same time, it's Jerry Jones. So I think that kind of explains it. Yeah, I will say Jerry Jones is going to do what Jerry Jones is going to do. Hundred percent. He's, he's got, not the smartest individual. He when it has comes to oil the money. He has no consequences for his actions. <laughs> that is that is very true. I will say I was very surprised when I saw Zeke get released, but I wasn't overly surprised by it. I knew that the Cowboys were going to be making a move releasing. I, in my mind, either Dak or Zeke, because both of them did not have a very good. Uh, season this past season. I mean, Dak, you could make an argument that yes, he did, you know, lead the Cowboys to the playoffs, but at the end of the day, he led the league in interceptions at one point. Yeah, he did not play very well. Oh, he pl- he missed a big chunk of the season. And, too. And he I did think miss he missed a, like a six games well. and he still led the league in interceptions. Which yeah. I'm sorry, but there are so many quarterbacks. I could pick like nine different quarterbacks and I'm like, are way that should be way worse than mm-hmm. Dak that did not play as bad as he did. Um, but regardless, I think that the move. It was a very questionable decision. I, I do think Tony Pollard overall is the better running back. Uh, I do love Zeke. Don't get me wrong. Back in you know, 2014 when I watched Ohio State a little bit, I liked Zeke. I supported him a little bit. But I think that he's going to find success elsewhere. And personally, I think the team that I want to see him go to is the Chargers because we know that Austin Eckler, he wants a trade. I think you know you get rid of Eckler, but you gain Zeke. I think that Zeke in that system in L.A., I think he would be stellar. Because he's the power back that you kind of look for. Eckler, is he, you know, he's kind of like that hybrid back. You know, he can be physical when he needs to be, but he's not that, you know, power back that every uh, team in the NFL seems to rely on. You know, you have Nick Chubb, definitely the power back in Cleveland, 100%. You have Najee Harris, the power back in Pittsburgh. Uh, Joe Mixon, even, he's more of an elusive, but he knows how to, you know, lay down hits whenever he needs to. Derrick Henry, prime example. So I think that if you put Zeke in L.A., I think there's nothing but success in the future for the Chargers. Yeah, and that's a, that's a solid spot for him to land in. You, you, you got to where I was going. If you ask me where I think Zeke should go, it's a different team. Uh, I, I, I like Tampa Bay uh, for him. I, really? I, they still have Lenny, too. No, they, they actually... Oh, they let, I they, they they actually, let Lenny they, go. They released yeah, Lenny, they let Lenny so go. That, that's Uncle actually Lenny's very, very gone. good. Lombardi Lenny is gone. Yeah, so... and. Um, I th- I think I I would like him there. I think he fits the role. Actually, if he plays the Leonard Fournette role, I mean Ezekiel Elliott's just a younger Leonard Fournette anyway. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, he would be able to just fit into that role. Their offense wouldn't have to change too much. Besides, you know, whatever they're going to do at quarterback, which we'll get into. <laughs> and um, and uh, no, I think that'd be a good landing spot. Matt, do you have any other landing spots that you can see Zeke on? I'd like to see him go to the Bears just so Chicago becomes Ohio State 2.0. And then, like, I think, like, by default, I could get a second team, That's basically. That's you know, some respect. Field, Zeke, I don't know. They might be bad enough to get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, just become the Chicago yeah. Buckeyes. Uh, but, no, I think Buffalo would also make some sense because yes. they need some sort of running game that's not Josh Allen. Like, they ran him into 
oblivion last year. Like that's the reason Buffalo fell off because Josh Allen physically could not stand. Josh Allen is that team. Yeah, he like, is yeah, no, on offense. He quite literally so. is the offense. He is their running game too. So I think you know if you get him in a Bills uniform, that would help Josh Allen a lot. So yeah, I, I, those are actually like all three teams that I had on my notes that I would have seen him going to. So I'm glad that we all picked that without knowing. The only one of us have to. Oh, actually, not the Bears. the The Bears were not, but the Bills. Yes, they the were. Bills, on my yeah, it's like, I, if we want to go really outlandish, if you like another really outlandish place that I personally I could see him going, and that's just because this team. I mean, they they're throwing out money like it's nothing. But I honestly, with how many moves the Dolphins have made, I would not be surprised if they somehow ended up. With I them. could yeah. see it. I could I see, could it see well. it. They, but the, like the thing is, they're like Mike. Uh, Mike McDaniel's is like Kyle Shanahan 2.0, where like he doesn't care who his running back is, just whoever's back there gets the ball. Like Miami has like a four running back system, yep. so I don't know if Zeke would want to, but I would, I would definitely. Uh, I think not, that's definitely. I would not eliminate. I would not eliminate that as a dark horse. Yeah, it will be interesting to see where Ezekiel Elliott goes. Now we don't have to. We have to linger on this. I just want to hit all of these. Uh, Marcus Mariota to the Eagles. Um, I, I I put in my notes that Marcus Mariota has consistently been one of those really good backups in the league for a long time. Any any other thoughts? Yeah, bad, I mean that that's accurate. Bad <laughs> bad starter, good backup. Yeah, I that, think he's a perfect backup for Jalen Hurts. What team hasn't said, man? We should try to get Marcus Mariota as our backup this year. I know that's a that's a uh, <laughs> topic for Cleveland Sports Talk Radio every year. Like when we got to Sean, it's like, oh, Mariota would be a great backup I, I for think a suspension. Every team has said that. I still Marcus Mariota, because I'm sorry, I will still hold by what I said a year ago to this date. One year ago is when I said that if the Steelers got Marcus Mariota, they, he'd lead us to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. I will, hold, that's, uh, I will hold by that because if Madden Simulation didn't lie to me. That's certainly a sentence. Hey, if, hey, listen, if the all Madden Sim that I ran a year ago, right, had Marcus Mariota throw for 450 yards what and four touchdowns. What sliders were they on? <laughs> it, was, just, it was on all did Madden. You put Q, no, did you like slide QB accuracy all the way up to like no, 99? I, I didn't. It was just out of nowhere because I decided to sim it because I didn't think that the Steelers would do anything. So I like tanked the team. I was like, all right, like let me just tank. And then I was like, all right, we're going to ride with it. And then Mariota. Marcus Mariota won MVP and wow. Super Bowl wow. champ. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So all I have to say is, like, Mike Tomlin, you should have made that happen, man. Instead, yeah. he's, he's on the wrong team in Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah, well. well, now we'll see. We'll see what happens with Marcus Mariota. Maybe he'll be a backup for a new team next year. I'm not sure. Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't even want to talk <laughs> about it. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Raiders. I'll let one of you uh, speak first. I'll throw it back to you, Pat. I'm a very right big away. fan. I'm a huge fan of this because you got to think that like Jimmy Garoppolo, wow. he's still he's Give still a very hope, he's still a very solid Gaslight. QB at the end of the day. Like at, at the end of the day, like I know Jimmy Garoppolo, he gets you know he gets a lot of hate, not a lot of love from a lot of different uh, fan bases in the NFL. But truth be told, he's a very very solid quarterback. Now he's not. I mean, I don't really know because Derek Carr is so up and down in how he plays. We're like, some years we see Derek Carr and we're like, yo, this guy could it's either, probably be the face of the league in the next few it's years. It's 4,000 yards or he's like leading the league in interceptions. Exactly. It's like it's, that. There, there's like no in between for Derek Carr. So Jimmy Garoppolo, like, when you're comparing him side by side to like Derek Carr's best season, obviously Derek Carr is probably the better choice, but I think Garoppolo is more of a consistent quarterback and that's what the Raiders need. I think they actually got like a very good quarterback to help them slowly like kind of rebuild a little bit because the Raiders have been down for the past few seasons. They've started to come back up. They have the weapons that they need, but they didn't have like that general quarterback that is consistent night in and night out. Then they finally have that with Garoppolo. So I thought it was a fantastic move 
by the Raiders, especially because, you know, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's going to lead this team probably to the playoffs, I would I would even say at this point. I think Whoa. the Raiders have a chance to make the playoffs. Whoa. But I, I think that it was a fantastic move by Vegas. Matt, I'll, I'll let you speak. All right, Alex, did Pat give you hope? He, that was a lot of All right, let me, let, let me crush all of those hopes <laughs> right now. Uh, they're in the AFC West. They are going no better than 1-5 in that division, and they might steal one against Denver if Russell Wilson continues to just, uh, you know, you know, cook, as he would say. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I think it's a very lateral move from Derek Carr, and you barely save anything in the salary cap. Uh, so maybe it's a good thing that you guys stink, because then you can get <laughs> Caleb Williams, and everyone wants Caleb Williams right now, because be a bust. <laughs> yeah, it's either that, or you draft Will Levis right now. Uh, so I think you'd rather be bad, and then give Caleb Williams Devontae Adams. You know, maybe that could help. Yeah, yeah, you're in the AFC West. I'm sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going toe-to-toe with Prime Mahomes, Prime <laughs> Herbert, Russell Wilson's corpse, or even uh, <laughs> whoever who even his whoever they take as his backup. I don't even know how that's gonna work. So right. yeah, don't yeah, don't buy into this. They are on a five and twelve watch. And, and I'm not buying into okay. it, Pat. And I, I I'm so happy that you had all these great things to say. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is he's a very handsome man. I'll give him that. He he's a good looking guy. He's a wish version of Derek Carr, realistically. He he's not any better. I they they, they downgraded. But yeah, like I wouldn't say I don't think they downgraded. Here's my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. There are good things that he has to his game, 100%. Well, it's, he's okay. He's reunited with McDaniels. He was his OC sure. in New England for one. four years, right? He Jimmy Garoppolo struggles to throw the ball far. And that's I, I don't know if that's the Bill Belichick effect. I don't know what that might be. But he, he's he got wide receivers on that team who like to just run fast straight. Well, he can throw. I'll give Garoppolo one thing. He will throw over the middle with absolutely no regard for like life, and that's sure. why the Niners were so successful. Be, like even like Brock Purdy's because, uh, like when you can throw over the middle, automatically that opens up so much more with your offense. So he's a very smart quarterback and doesn't necessarily fear the middle of the field like a lot of other guys, like a Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield would. Uh, but um, overall, he's still a very limited player, and you don't have to throw the ball. Hard to be no, a successful quarterback, no, no, like sure. whatsoever. Right. Like, I, I don't want to. But you want to utilize but, your weapons at yeah, the same time. I mean, absolutely. But like, I think that I mean, we've seen quarterback or teams, excuse me, that have had like age, like aging quarterbacks, like extremely aging quarterbacks that cannot throw the ball, and they still find success. Yes, I'm mainly hinting at my team, right. but like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Big Ben could not throw the ball to save anybody no, but they, his final season, but no, he still they ran, shrugged through. They just, ran bubble screens, they ran uh, inside hitches all the okay. way, and, and it the worked, season. which was weird because yeah. like it yeah. it was it was so ineffective, but it also worked at the same time. Yeah, it was the most inefficient, efficient offense Exactly, and it, like, that's seen. what I'm thinking that the Raiders might do. I mean, obviously Garoppolo, he has a better like arm strength and accuracy. He has than, Devontae Adams, too, so yeah. that'll help. And yeah. he doesn't have, you know, you know he's not 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who sure. is ten years past when he probably should have retired. Yeah, but so, I, I just think that, like overall, I think that if the Raiders can like readjust some of their offense a little bit, I don't see reason why they wouldn't be able to make a possible run because the Chargers are up and like they're up and down. Yeah, but right they now. got Kellen Moore as the OC now. I don't think that offense is going to be like it, it's. 
Justin Herbert's not going to be hindered anymore. And look, I don't know. They still have Tom Arth you got on their coaching you staff. Gotta, dude, you got to play Mahomes <laughs> twice a year. Alex, you're better off just having Josh McDaniels get fired, this team bottoming out, and then gifting Caleb Williams to Monte <laughs> Adams. That's so what you want. Here's the transition uh, that I, I'll kind of touch on what you guys were talking about and transition like a good sports talk host would. <laughs> um, first off, what, what would you guys grade the Jimmy G move to the Raiders? Just letter grade. I'd give it like a C to a C plus. I think it's solid. Like It's not like over the top. But, like, it's very solid. Like, personally, like I said, like, we're all, like, we have our own opinions. I think it's a slight upgrade because he's just at least consistent every season. Um, so I, I give him, like, a solid C for it. I think it was a pretty decent move to, like, you know, you shipped off Derek Carr, yeah, but you're gaining somebody that plays just like him. They're more consistent, so. Kyle I'm giving this a question mark. Okay. I'm not giving this a letter at all. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I don't understand it at all. So they get a question mark on my letter grade scale. Well, despite... You know Pat's hype of this this um this move. I still give it around what he graded it. I, I think I give it more a C minus a C than a C C plus. Uh, but I go C minus. And you talk about the Raiders throwing across the middle. Well, one of the best guys you can throw across the middle to that Derek Carr just loved to was Darren Waller, which Oof. is you know one of the best tight ends in the league. There's not nice. many, and he's one of them. And um, well, he left. So For a fourth round pick. Um, that was one, a steal. The 100th pick in the draft. Yeah. And the Giants is, find themselves with Darren Waller. Which is just so good for them. Which is so good for I them. I don't know what the wow, Raiders were thinking with that one, at least. So, so what do the Giants do with this? What do the Giants do? I mean, that's they win a lot more games, right? They give Daniel Jones another wide receiver in the draft, and they pray he stops being bad. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like with all the weapons the Giants have, if Daniel Jones still cannot do anything, then like it's time to get like, rid like, of him. I'm Phil, sorry, like, but I need a girl that believes in me, like the Giants believe in Daniel, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. I came up with the year first. Like I mean you you guys are both so right. They they're giving him everything. Yeah. Everything. Despite and if he still can't succeed. Despite then. him giving him nothing, they Yo, they just give, it, give him everything. Yeah, they made yeah. the playoffs giving him nothing. So it's like, okay, well, hey. good job. Here's a here's a reward. Here's all pro tight ends. So, to all the Giants fans out there, I will give you some hope. If Daniel Jones doesn't work out, hey, Baker Mayfield probably won't be on the Buccaneers next year. So. Oh, man. Well, like, with the way his, like, his extension structured, like, they have two, he has two years of guaranteed money. There are two years where Daniel Jones is going to be making north of $40 million, which is just absurd to me. That doesn't make sense for a guy that in my opinion, is, like, on par with Kenny Pickett. Like, say what you will about, like, Dak Prescott, but I'd be more comfortable paying Dak Prescott his $46 million than Daniel Jones his forty one. I That just... I'd be more comfortable paying, paying Gardner Minshew that type of money than I would be Daniel <laughs> I, Jones, because like, at least I, I know Gardner Minshew's going to disappoint When I see that contract, me. I just cringe, because that's just, oh. Yeah. What do we grade this for the Giants? I, I'll go first. A. Oh, the Waller trade? A plus plus. <laughs> A plus. plus, plus. Infinite, infinite A plus, plus and beyond. Like, A plus, right? 100%. Like, yeah. Honestly, if you go outside of letter grade, like to like third grade, O for outstanding, if you guys remember those. Yes. Yeah, so One of those. Gold so, star. So let's yep. keep it around the same area. Juju Smith-Schuster going to the Patriots. <clears throat> what do we think about this? I, I mean, for me personally, he's a overall, whether you agree with the statement I'm about to make or not, it's how I would describe it. He's a physical slot wide receiver. Yeah. 
and that's what Bill Belichick loves. I want to see Bill Belichick in a TikTok. <laughs> I want to see I want to see 78-year-old Bill Belichick doing some sort of TikTok where he has like he looks like dead on the outside. He looks like he wants to be anywhere else but in Juju's TikTok and Juju's making him dance with him like after like a win or something. What if they made a shirt? It's got Juju. <laughs> it's got Coach Belichick hitting the gritty. You know what? I want, I want Juju shirt. to do a TikTok and like Bill Belichick's like <laughs> put, like sleeve cut off hoodies where it's just like where Belichick just looks like he's homeless. I want Juju to dress up as Bill and then do TikToks like that. Uh, yeah, Pat, I, uh, Pat, any any serious take on this? Um, <laughs> you know. It's, like, it's a big contract, I, too. It, it is a big contract. Unfortunately, it is the Patriots, and I, I'm one of the people that, like, I just want the Patriots to go through, like, 10 years of just depression where they're not good, well, where they Austin don't has, have hope. They have three other sports teams that are always good. Well, I know. See, that's why they don't need they don't need the Patriots. That's why when I saw the move, I mean, honestly, I as a Steelers fan, I kind of wanted Juju back. I, I, will, I will not lie. I know that our fan base, like, was a main factor that ran him out of Pittsburgh. Corvette, but, Corvette. I I really wanted him back. Now for the for the Patriots, if it's a it's a fantastic move. Like let's be honest here, that one area that they struggled in last season, they didn't have any good, let alone any sound wide receivers. I mean, Jacoby Myers is probably one of your best, and uh, we know how that turned out. Remember when he gave the uh, Raiders that win? And now he plays. Now for he him. is a Raider. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so so what what would we grade this? And then let's get into like some smaller ones, and then yeah. we'll we'll. Get into the bigger ones in the next segment. I okay. say, I say for the Juju move, I think it's a solid B because you're not gaining like this superstar wide receiver, right. but you're gaining a guy that he's consistent. Like you said, he's a physical slot wide receiver, and Belichick he loves his physical slot wide receivers. It's like his bread and butter. Um, you're mm-hmm. giving Mac Jones one of his first real weapons to work with. At the end of the day, Mac Jones really hasn't been set up for success. Um, and I mean, there's there's another thing the Patriots said that I know we're going to touch on later. But with the addition of two new weapons, two very very good, uh, one very good tight end and one one very good receiver, I think that overall, like I said, it's a solid B. It's a very solid move. It's a, it's the most Patriots move I've seen, like, I, honestly, yeah. in free agency. You know, I agree with you. The, get you get yeah. a very good slot receiver into a, a decent contract. You're not overpaying him, but you're not underpaying him. It's like that perfect middle of the road contract. Uh, you got him for three years and. Overall, I mean, you're trying to rebuild a very young New England team, and I think that Juju is probably the best receiver or one of the best receivers that you know is in free agency that was available to do that, and they capitalized on it. Yeah, I don't think this makes your offense any worse at all, considering now you actually have a real offensive coordinator and not Matt Patricia. So I think <laughs> like there's no possible way this Juju move could have the wide receiver room be worse than last year, so I'll also give it a B because you know, it's a solid, solid pickup. Yeah, I think B is a good move. Uh, where do I want to go here? Let's talk about this. Miles Sanders to Carolina. Um, just a, a small one before we go into break. Uh, overall, I mean, Miles Sanders has really been an up and down guy, more of a lackluster career. Um, but I mean, in terms of his playing style, it's it's a wish version of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So easily overall, I, think. I mean, for them, and if they want to keep kind of, you know, just doing that thing where they just pass the ball to the running back. Yeah, I think that he works. Yeah, I think that's a great receiving option for whatever quarterback Carolina takes at number one. Yeah, so. I completely agree. I mean, if I had to grade it, I'd say probably like a B minus, C plus. It's very, very, very solid. Yeah, I'll give it a um, B minus too. You I know, like it's, it's pretty solid. I mean, Alex, like you kind of said. I mean, and and uh, Matt, you as well. Like Miles Sanders is a receiving back in Carolina. They loved having McCaffrey there as that receiving back, 
and I think Miles Sanders is the, he's the guy to fill in. He just had a very, very good year uh, for Philly, so I don't see why he wouldn't be able to maybe carry some of that over into Carolina, especially since they now hold that number one pick. For sure. NFL free agency has been crazy, and we haven't even gotten to the biggest ones yet. When we come back, we're going to pick up where we left off with more NFL free agency, and we're going to get into a little bit of the Browns. But for right now, I'm going to leave you with an Ice Spice song. And as you listen to this Ice Spice song, getting ready to go in uh, to NFL free agency talk part two, I want you to imagine Coach Belichick and, Co- <laughs> and Juju Smith just TikTok dancing. <laughs> Here's Ice Spice. Stay tuned in to 88.1 for more Sports Power Talk. Well, did you listen? Did you listen to Gangsta Boo by by <laughs> Ice Spice and Imagine Bill Belichick and Juju Smith uh, dancing? If you have no clue what I'm talking about here, it's Sports Power Talk. And we're talking about, well... Obviously, the only good thing to talk about in the sports world, which is imagining Bill Belichick and Juju Smith-Schuster doing a I'm, I'm telling TikToks. you right now that I can just picture Bill Belichick getting sturdy in the Patriots locker room to that. Absolutely. I can just, I can just picture seventy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he can, he can get, get sturdy. He definitely can. Listen. If the joints won't allow it. Listen, he quite if, literally is just if not I'm being sturdy. Honest, if, if, there's like, if there's like any like age group of people that like get sturdy but like they don't like really get sturdy but it's unironically like when they get down to some music it's funny dude it's gotta be old people and Belichick is one of those guys that like I can just see him busting out some like moves that he learned in college like in the 60s and 70s I can see him busting out some of those (laughs) during his stint in Cleveland he actually learned (laughs) in in the flats (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, can, I can just picture him just getting down like he the Patriots make the playoffs. He TikTok dance in the 1990s in the flats of downtown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, what's your name? I'm Alex Henry. I'm your host. I'm joined with Pat Weber. And Matt Permuka. <laughs> Let's get into some actual like NFL free agency stuff here. Uh, this is how the show is going to be today. So um, let's talk about him. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, arguably the greatest quarterback Cleveland's had in the past 20 years is, is going to the Buccaneers. What yeah. do we think about this? What do we think of, overall? What do we think about Baker Mayfield just in general? He's, and then- he's getting passed around the league more than Frank Gore right now. <laughs> and Frank Gore played for That's how many seasons? And Baker's played for like many. six. Yeah, he's like, five, six. Yeah, he's like the- I actually thought Frank Gore was still in the league. He retired. Just he fought Jake Paul. I thought, didn't he get? He was in a celebrity boxing match. He didn't fight. Was he in the league when he fought? (laughs) He retired. Then he did the celebrity boxing. I forget who he fought, but he did fight. No, it was it was one of the undercards for. I think it was the Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah, it was one of the undercards. I don't remember who he fought though. He was getting. I thought it was like a former NBA. It was Nate Robinson. Yeah, oh my god, he fought Nate Robinson. I forgot about that. Because Nate Robinson just looks so tiny compared to him. Very interesting. Yeah. What do we think about Baker to the Bucks? I'll give uh, it to you first, Pat. Yeah, I, I I, don't like this move at all. I think Tampa Bay is now fully on Caleb Williams' watch as well. Uh, last time Baker Mayfield was in anything that resembled this offense uh, that Brian Leftwich runs, it was with Freddie Kitchens. Uh, now I do think Brian Leftwich is a much more competent offensive coordinator than Freddie Kitchens. Uh, but the notion still stands... Uh, I don't trust Baker Mayfield on five, seven-step drops and throwing deep in routes over the middle. I don't think that's a good recipe for success. And if Tom Brady couldn't make it work, there is no way on God's green earth that Baker Mayfield could make it work. So they are on Caleb Williams' watch. 
I completely agree. Um, if you wanted a subpar quarterback, you could have just gone back to Jameis Winston. Yeah. Just saying, you could have saved yourself a lot of money by getting just a quarterback. Just start Kyle Trask. Just really I embrace, don't know about that. Did embrace, you see, no, did he, you see you the know, he's awful. That, that was a joke. I was just saying, embrace being awful and just secure yeah. Caleb Williams. Well, I even think, you know, after Baker Mayfield's performance in uh, what he did with Carolina, he he's... He, no matter what he does, he has to do something incredible to if teams want to sign him to be a, a franchise starting quarterback for yeah, over I, two seasons. I think this is the last. Uh, this is, is going to be his last um, starting opportunity for a while. Yeah, for this a while. is his last well, in the stop NFL, in the anyway. NFL. I want to say, yeah, this is his last stop in the NFL. Hey Baker, the XFL no, and I, USFL are both calling. Baker, I am I working for the <laughs> USFL, so maybe I can meet you outside of your car <laughs> uh, and we can, oh. I can get an autograph. Oh wow! Listen, it, it like it's just for Baker. Like I don't even know. Like it, he had the weapons at one time like he had a good year in Cleveland and then he, he just decided so and then he remembered oh wait a minute I'm a quarterback who plays for Cleveland why should I be good I don't, and then he followed the trend I'm unfortunately like, no, like, many, like, many others have followed the weird thing is he has such a cult like following whether it's like Oklahoma Sooner fans or like Browns fans from when he was decent it's just this is the most polarizing player in the league and he's not that good like right he has probably a more passionate fan base than like a, a Mahomes would, a Herbert would, a Josh Allen would, uh, Joe Burrow probably not because he became every every uh, he's your girlfriend's favorite football player. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, Baker Mayfield probably has the most diehard personal fan base in the league for yeah, some could, unbeknownst know, reason. It, good for him, right? Like you know, oh, Tampa's a beautiful city. Yeah, he's right. gonna have a good year down. Well, a good time down there. Yeah. When they lose, let me, ask, let me ask you a question. Just a hypothetical mm-hmm. question. It just came in my head. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield currently, as in, you know, been training, still in the NFL, okay. or Johnny Manziel currently, as in Baker playing, Mayfield currently playing yeah, golf yeah, no. this morning? Yeah, Baker yeah, Mayfield no, currently. Ba- Baker Mayfield. I think if, if anybody says Johnny Manziel, I'm sorry, like I say. I'm I gonna... say Johnny Manziel. Okay. Why? start an NFL team right now. Um, I'm taking Money Manziel currently. Strat, what was the uh, indoor league he played for? Where you fan can, controlled football. You could pick the uh, fan, plays. Yeah, on the, the app. fan is the fan control league. Yeah, yeah, I would take him in that over Baker Mayfield right now. I, I, I think I you're just fishing for content right yeah. now, Alex. Or I Listen, just I completely listening at home. I'm just I can to, I can completely respect it because I am the man who did draft Baker Mayfield in our in our uh, fantasy league, and I finished last. Yeah, why did you do that again? I, I don't know, but see, the Baker Mayfield effect made everyone on my team get I will hurt. tell you this, though, Matt. I mean, Baker Mayfield's fans are very supportive, so they're, you know, the, everybody's buying their Tampa Bay Baker Mayfield jerseys right now. So. And by everybody, my you uncle, mean Jake Murren. My uncle lives in Tampa, <laughs> and he told me that there is absolutely zero enthusiasm in that. So, like, I texted him. It's like, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, nothing happened, at least, or I hope nothing bad happened to you. You just have to watch Baker Mayfield this football season. And he goes, he's not that bad, right? And I just told him, just wait. Right. He he only had one good game this entire past season, and it was that comeback. I'm gonna, that don't even was, get me started on that. Don't even. That, where that like was the, it. Where the Raiders it. player right. knocked the ball out of his hand and gave them like three. The, the Raiders gave him three. Free first downs from penalty. Okay, yeah, I'm done getting mad about well, that. No, he can't what a, hurt good, me what a comeback! He by can't Baker hurt me Mayfield. I, overall, I'll give Tampa I mean, Bay Buccaneers. Actually, after Baker Mayfield said, can't hurt I'll you, Matt. It's okay. A, I'll give it a C minus. I'll give it. 
Okay, if they land, I mean, they needed somebody. If they land Caleb Williams, this is an A plus. If they don't land Caleb Williams, this is a D minus. I I was gonna say like a D. Yeah, like it's he's better than Kyle Trask because Kyle Trask might (laughs) that's not a compliment. (laughs) Kyle Trask might genuinely be the worst quarterback I've ever watched. Play. How did he go in the second round? Ever. How did he That's go in the I'm second saying. round? Like, I'm sorry. I'm from a high school that is so small. We are in Division Seven football. And I've seen our quarterback, when I was on the team, who was not very good whatsoever, I've seen him play better. And uh, he got zero scholarship offers. So how, how Kyle Trask managed to get himself... Into the NFL is unbeknownst. If he can do it, I can do it. It's called failing upwards. Listen, (laughs) that's that's how. If he can do it, if he can do it, any of us can do it. Let's 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 transition to a (laughs) uh, a Browns quarterback that I actually think deserves a um, a cult following. I think somebody who actually played very well for Cleveland, considering the circumstances that he was there. You know, unlike a Baker who had every tool ever and barely made the playoffs. Let's talk about a guy who was able to get us some wins with nobody. Uh, Jacoby uh, Brissett heading to uh, heading to the old commanders. I will forever be a Jacoby Jabroni. 100%. There's the Baker bros. Those are toxic. Jacoby Jabronis. They're, that's where you're at. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the best group to 100%. be in. Jacoby Brissett is automatically the least corrupt person to ever step foot in Washington, D.C. Yep. Treat him right there. Treat him right. I will root for you, Jacoby, for, till the ends of the earth. And you'll probably start over Sam Howell. I know that's not saying much. That was my next question. The NFC is terrible. Somehow make the wild card, man. Somehow make the wild card. Do it for us. Do it for Cleveland. I think it was a very good move by Washington, all things considered, because Carson Wentz, not good. Bad, bad player, bad player. Uh, Carson Wentz washed up, never signed with another team ever again. Moving past my deep disdain for that man, Carson Wentz. Um, it's a very good move by the commanders. And honestly, with the rumors that I saw early, um, before free agency even started about the possibility of Washington, you know, making these moves to free up cap space to sign Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I did see some of those. Now those yeah, were pretty no, outlandish. Was... However, um, I do think that regardless on if they do that or not, I think that Jacoby Brissett, he is the guy that is going to get the start in Washington. And he's a, He's a good quarterback. I mean, he proved that. He came into Cleveland. He played with a team that didn't really have a whole lot of direction at that time. Like, you had the players, but we, no real we were direction. Con- we were confused. He didn't really get many reps in training camp because it was under the notion Deshaun was going to play a lot earlier than he did, and then he wasn't, and then it's like, okay, Jacoby, we're now going to completely revamp this offense in three weeks. So, you know, sure. it was a lot of trial. It was no. a lot of trial by fire. He was top ten in a lot of, like, the next-gen stats. I mean, like, if you looked at anything from PFF, they were – uh, pleasantly surprised with him, and so was a lot of uh, you know Browns fans. And I think the Commanders fans, for like the four of you that exist, I think that the four of you will also be very pleasantly surprised by yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this. A, I'll give it an A. Actually, I'm going to give it an A. I think overall, I think a lot of people thought if Jacoby leaves, he should have been a starter, not a, a franchise player you want to build a team around. More so, a starter in place of building a team and. The commanders, what better of a team for him to go to? I, I give this an A. Yeah, I think he'll really help re, uh, fix that toxic culture that Dan Snyder's given there. Yeah. So I give this move a high B. I also will give it a high B. I think it's a very solid sign. I mean, th- that team, you know, in Washington, they're so young. They have the weapons. They have the team. They're lacking in quarterback play. Well, now they have a guy that can actually 
be serviceable to the team. So I think it's a very, very solid signing for the Commanders. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about Jacoby, wide receiver Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Uh, hey, he signed. We'll, we'll move back over to the Raiders. He signed with uh, he signed with Vegas. He's going to the Raiders. What do we think about this, Pat? You're shaking your head. Uh, D plus Jacoby Jacoby Myers wow. was never that great. Interesting. He, he was never that great. Garoppolo's going to elevate and him, Pat. Reunion. No, see Garoppolo. You can bring back segment one and segment two right now. See, Why? Garoppolo is before. completely different than Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Jacoby Myers has. Next to no football IQ, which he showed very... (laughs) He did show that on his attempted lateral that led to Mac Jones getting stiff-armed into the dirt by Chandler Jones. Jones. John Jones' brother, by the way. UFC... uh, That's John Jones' brother? Yeah. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. That's cool. So what a family, by the way, that nobody ever talks about. Like, when they're growing up, like, you know, like, brothers always fight and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh my! Like, like those two would yikes. kill each other. The greatest UFC fighter of all time, and then Chandler his Jones brother's a his... Pro Bowl defensive end, like <laughs> yeah. perennial, like perennial top ten defensive end in the league. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's nuts. But no, I, I don't think Jacoby Myers does anything for the Raiders. I think that he's yeah, just crazy. I he's just yeah. there to probably like re- be a kick returner. Yeah, or something. I think it's like, it's a it's a not it's not a good Waller replacement, uh, and. Yeah. I don't know if he can play outside, and you already have Hunter Renfro in the slot, so does this mean you move Renfro in the near future? I don't know. Uh, the Raiders, uh, everything they do makes me question things. Then I remember Josh McDaniels as their head coach, and the only players he ever signs are former Patriots. So <laughs> have fun being the Patriots practice squad. Yeah, I mean, for Jacoby, if I had to be positive, which I want to be about it, is he was never what Bill Belichick wanted him to be. And maybe that was his issue. You know, you talk about, you know, how he really was not that good. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but he definitely wasn't great. Uh, It's just, I don't know if that was what, you know, um, New England wanted out of him. That's why every year in, you know, fantasy football, somebody would go, oh, Jacoby Myers is going to end the year as a top five wide receiver. Well, did he not do that because he was actually as bad and we were wrong? Maybe. Or was that, you know, just he didn't fit in that system? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I mean, but just the Raiders' offense is just, I'm so worried about it. If I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a C straight. The Raiders saw that Jacoby Myers won them a game, and they're like, oh, well, we need to win games. So then they signed him because yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did win them a game. It's not a bad in all, in all fairness. Um, yeah, no, we'll move on. Do you guys have grades for for Jacoby? I said a, a D plus. I just don't like a D D plus. I just don't get the move. It made me question a lot of things. Made me happy that even though my team, the Steelers, we don't do a lot in free agency. Made me glad that we don't at least do that. Uh, yeah, the, just questionable move overall. Yeah, I give it another question mark, just like Garoppolo. I give it a question mark out of the. See, but I I think that this one. I, I don't know. I think the Garoppolo one doesn't like deserve a question mark. I do think that Jacoby does deserve the question mark. Are there if any there were other to be Jacobys one. that have went in free agency that I should touch on that I know of? The yep. only other Jacoby in the NFL I can think of is Jacoby Jones. I don't know if you remember and, him. He was a kick returner no, for the no Ravens. He returned that kick in Super Bowl Forty Seven. Nah, yeah, no, okay, no. yeah, Jacoby Jacoby Jones is the only other Jacoby. Okay, well, then we're, we're done with Jacoby's <laughs> in terms of free agency. Uh, as Dr. Doofus Smirts would say, you know, if I had a nickel for every time it happened, I'd have two nickels, but... It's not a lot, it's just weird that it happened twice. It happened twice. <laughs> yeah, 100%, thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, we'll move on. Let's talk about, um, what, 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 what do I have here? We'll talk about... 
David Montgomery going to the Detroit Lions. What do we think about this? It's, I mean, more of a smaller move, but yeah, I mean, it it was kind of like a. Eh. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm indifferent about it because they did lose. Yeah, um, they lost Jamal Williams. Lost Jamal Williams. It's a, it's a decent supplement. He, he's all right. That's like, pretty much all you can say. He's all right. He's, he's not going to be a groundbreaking addition to your team, but he's pretty solid. I think that you know he'll definitely. I mean, it, it, it's just like weird because like he and Jamal Williams are like they play almost identically, and they're around <sighs> yeah. the same skill level, I guess. So it's like. And Jamal just, was Jamal was younger too. I don't know why you let Jamal and he, go. And he like, wanted to, he wanted to come back and play that. too. Like he wanted to stay in Detroit, Every, yeah, and then they didn't yeah. sign him. And I was like, why? So, yeah, I don't know. What is it with teams when players like I want to play here, and then they just like say no? Like yeah. the Raiders with Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr's like I want to. I don't yeah, want to play for another team. And the Raiders like, all right, cool, see ya. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Detroit, <laughs> I'm sure, Jake like, Murren would love that statement you just made, Pat. Detroit doesn't seem like a really toxic environment either. So I don't. I don't really yeah. know why they. Yeah, it, it, it was just. It was just an odd thing. Like I said, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It was, it was all right. Like if I had to grade, like C. Yeah, yeah. I give it a C. Plus. I give it a C as well. Yeah. Uh, finally, last thing that happened happened this morning. Brandon Cooks going to the Dallas Cowboys. What do we think about this? This is actually a very solid move. I just saw the return for it. Oh, what was the? Stellar. I haven't seen it yet. The yeah. official return right now is the Cowboys gave up a fifth-round pick in this year's draft and a sixth-round pick in next year's, and they got Brandon Cooks. That's oh, solid, yeah. That's a, that's so that, that, was, that was a steal. I, I mean, that might be the that's first non-questionable move. A-minus in my book. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to give it an A because Brandon Cooks is solid. The Cowboys needed... Another receiver. They're still trying to replace Amari Cooper too. And exactly. I mean, like they lost Dalton Schultz too, so I mean they needed some pass catching. So options. it was it, it, it was pretty solid. Like I, I I'll give the Cowboys props. They don't do a whole lot of stuff that makes sense, and they nope. don't make trades that are good trades whatsoever. They can play their running um, back at center, but they can fleece the Texans for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but I, like I said, I, I think it's a pretty solid trade overall. I think it was a great move. Letter grade, I would agree. Um, B. I'd give, I'd give a B. I think the Texans could have at least got from any other team if they wanted to. I think they could have at least gotten uh, like two third-round picks as I, well I as those other that. picks. No, I, no, I, I think, think if, I mean, they could have gotten more than just a fifth any, and a sixth. The highest thing they were going to get was a third, and it would probably just be one third. In I agree. Eyes. But even then, you do it like a, a third and then maybe like that same sixth round, but you could have definitely gotten a higher return than just a fifth. It, this, this, yeah, like the return they got was what basically what the Steelers got for Antonio Brown like when they traded Antonio Brown to the Raiders. Yeah. Like I you thought, trade... I, I thought they got a first for AB. No, we no. the Steelers oh. got a I think no, we got a third round and a fifth round draft pick. And then we traded that third round in our first round up to get Devin Bush and well we know how that went. Ooh. Devin Bush is in Seattle now. Uh, um but let's get into some conspiracy theories because that's what we talk about. <laughs> I mean, let's just be 923 the fan. This is info wars, but, baby. 88.1. <laughs> this is sports um, info. <laughs> um what do I want to go first? Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, because I and I'm and I understand I'm in the unpopular opinion here at Z88. I like Odell Beckham. Jr. I love Odell Beckham. Oh, Jr. I, you know, I love Odell well, Beckham. Well, because we went Jr. to Green, Matt. Yeah. So, oh well, Jake didn't go. To, Jake went to Green. No, everyone he, in Green hates Odell Beckham Jr. I, Alex, why do we like Odell? No. I don't know. I Are just we, didn't like Baker Mayfield. I think. So, okay. I think the reason that you guys might like Odell is because. Everybody else said that Odell was the problem. Yeah, he, oh, but you, he, he but was, you two were especially the two that knew he was that Odell well, was the not the problem. He was in the entire locker room. Yeah, he, he was Matt in the entire Cleveland Browns. Team. We understood that. Yeah, no, <laughs> Odell was the scapegoat, and so I guess maybe that's why because it kind of proves our point right. And I love being right in hindsight. So, yeah, I um. So so as for Odell, you know, obviously I. No real homerism, though. I'm not like an Odell fan, even. I just think he was yeah, I'm not an Odell fanboy um, either. I mean, Where like, does he go? 
Uh, he's going to find himself back in New York, but playing for the other New York team in the New York Jets because he is on. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure that uh, you guys have seen as well as uh, multitude of other people. If you follow the NFL, if you follow the free agency like madness that's been yeah. going on. Aaron Rodgers yes. had a he had a wish list yeah. for the New York Jets, <laughs> which he disputed on the Pat McAfee show and then reiterated that he did have a wish list. Yeah, because I mean, if, if you look at some of the players that the Jets have signed, I mean, they're turning into Green Bay 2.0. Uh, Lazard and Mercedes Lewis, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and so it's like he's, I think that Odell's like the final missing piece of the puzzle there, and he's played New York before. I mean, the Giants fans, they loved him, so what's to say the Jets fans wouldn't love him more? I, yeah. I would dare to say, because at least in Odell's time, before his infamous like catch and everything, he was the number two option behind Victor Cruz. Victor well, Cruz like, was the face. Everyone forgets of the, like, of the receiving. When he there. was in New York, like his time in New York, he was on pace to be a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. And you can think I'm crazy now in hindsight and with their perspective on the Browns. Look at him from 2014 to 2018 in the new, as a New York Giant and tell me that that wasn't like perennial All Pro. Like he was on pace to be. He, like the he Randy redefined. Moss. He literally being he the, the player Randy that Moss he is. He coined 2010s. his own term for that time period where it was always, "Hey, throw that ball up to me. I want to Odell it." Like yes. he literally yeah. coined his own term. Right for like, that, that in time the dictionary period. Yet? Like, I think it is. I think, I think be, if it's it should be in the urban dictionary. When you shoot, easily. when you shoot yeah. like a basketball in the well, trash can, it's Kobe. When you caught a football from like 2014 to like 2020, it was you know you Odell that. Yeah, hey, Odell me. Yeah, yeah that's all it was like. You know, you yeah. you be in the pool with your friends. Yeah, you know, playing yes. jackpot or something. We all did and it, and you just go it up, and and everybody wouldn't even try to get two hands. It was always trying to get that one hand over everyone else. Like right. he literally like redefined. An entire like our entire childhood, I would argue. To say, I, was, I would say, it. yeah, during like like the uh, like the peak development. For we me, we was really pretty much like, like my sixth grade uh, through middle of high school. Odell was the dude. I just want to sit back real quick and think. Like we really grew up in like the most prime era for wide receivers. Oh yeah, ever yes. prime yes. Odell Beckham, prime even, Antonio Brown, yes. prime Julio Jones, prime Julian Edelman. I would say prime Tyree Kill, prime as well. Tyree Kill as well. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins in his prime. Oh my gosh, and then you even have some people like Michael like Crabtree. Michael oh. Thomas. Prime one. Michael oh Thomas my God. as well. I forgot about Mikey Thomas, man. Crazy, right? We're naming we, all these wide receivers oh. that were all in the league in their prime. Like, at the same, same time. time. Yeah. And, they, and they, they were all, so they all played in, the, in like, the same era. Like, that's why, like, yeah. mm, I miss that. Because okay. The, so, moving a pass now. I just want to say, like, I'm so Odell's a Jet in Patch he, he will be going to the Jets. I'll give. I have two. Neither of them were Jets. Mm -hmm. I'll give one, Matt, in hopes that you might say another. Or okay. Not. I'll say the one I I think is least likely on my list of two. The Ravens. Uh, I can see. I can see Odell going to the Ravens. I can see him playing so well with Lamar if Lamar stays. Yeah. Um. I think that'd be a really good olive yeah, branch to Lamar think, too. Yeah. I think that would be a great fit. Um. Matt, where where do you see Odell going? So. At first, I had Dallas when I was doing this outline over the so weekend. So did I. But then, but then, you know, Brandon Cooks decided to steal that thunder. So, yes. you know, I'll say he also goes to New York, but Western New York in the Buffalo Bills because Ooh. they lost Isaiah McKenzie. I think if you could move Odell inside and play slot receiver, he would have a, like a miniature career renaissance. Uh, Buffalo's a contender, so I feel like he would take less to play there, too. Yeah, um... Yeah, great team for Odell. Finally, before we go into break, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. We already mentioned him. In my notes, I just said Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like a real person. I was just thinking about this. You know how people will retire from the NFL and they go work for ESPN, they go work for wherever. I yeah. think it's never happened, but oh, I no. can see it. 
Aaron Rodgers retiring and then being like a bar stool sports. I could, I could, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. I will sign <laughs> does, on that. He does like a sim- he has like a stream simulcast, and he's just taking <laughs> psychedelics. Like, what a throw, man! That Joe Burrow kid. Anyway, uh, and so then he just like, Rogers- I mean, you have to think that this this is going from the same man. This is going from the same man that went on Joe Rogan's podca- podcast and talked about like using horse tranquilizer. Yeah, so did you have the best like Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is literally he's a myth. Like I like oh. I'm on the same boat with Alex. I don't believe that this man exists. No, no. There's oh no fis- there's no way that a human being like that truly <laughs> so, exists. He's a simulation. This you is know, proof like, that we're in a simulation. You know he went on like that darkness retreat, right? <laughs> well he yeah. talked about it on McAfee. <laughs> He didn't go anywhere. He just bought blind covers and turned all the lights off in his, in his house. house. And He's... he just lived in darkness. And he talked about it. It's like everything I did was with a purpose. Like, I think one thing is like, you know, Pat, I went, I walked to the bathroom with a purpose. I filled up my bathtub with a purpose. I made sure the bathtub didn't overflow <laughs> with a purpose. I, I know we talk a lot about like, you know, people with CT, like Antonio Brown, for oh. example, but bro. We're literally letting Aaron Rodgers oh, say boy. stuff like that, and we're like, all right, yeah, that's normal. Like, he's saying... I think we've just accepted... Except, I, yeah, Aaron Rodgers I think, has become, like, your uncle at the holidays, where it's like, okay... <laughs> Okay, Uncle Aaron. Okay. He, he really Uncle is. He Aaron. looks like it too. He he has the he has like that Uncle generic Aaron, Uncle have mustache. Been, have too. you been watching Infowars again? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, it's uh. They're so, watching you, man. The cover. <laughs> do we think he goes to the Jets? I is that I what do we think because I, it kind of has to. I mean, he's yeah. not going to accept a trade anywhere else. Yeah, and, and he basically <laughs> already said that if he doesn't yeah. get traded to yeah. New York, then he's just going to retire. Yeah. So. I mean, either way, at the end of the day, with the moves the Jets made, I mean, they still made their team better, regardless if they get A-Rod or not. I just think it's funny, because I know everybody's seen the clip of what Zach Wilson said if they got a I'm veteran make QB. His life, you know what, at practice. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, good luck with A-Rod. You know um, how Aaron Rodgers wins that psychological warfare? He brings Zach Wilson's mom to practice. Oh. Wow. Yeah. We, we, all know, we all know what good old Zach is. But, no, I, I, I think that A-Rod, he'll find himself in New York, which he'll be wearing... Like the standout number twelve that actually means you know, something. For I the want first time I want him Joe to Nathan. wear I want him to wear number four like Brett Favre because oh, I feel that like, would be the I biggest like, troll. I feel like he just like loves patterns and stuff. Like I feel like he wants to wear number four. He'll also like a complete thing of Brett Favre. He'll like have an ankle injury throughout the year that nags him, and then when Kirk Cousins contracts up, he's gonna go play for the Minnesota Vikings. So if, wow. I mean, I feel like if the, if anything Patterson. were to happen, dude, that that would it that would happen. It sounds so stupid, but then it's like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers, so yeah, it's gonna happen. If if it was somebody that had like a decent sense of sanity, I'd be like, no, you're crazy. But then you're right; it is Aaron Rodgers, and uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see him doing something like that. Oh boy, this is awesome! This, this is, is crazy. Hey, show. are you tired of NFL yet? No, <laughs> no? because we have more coming up. It's free agency, baby. (laughs) We've yet to touch on the Cleveland Browns. I know it's a little bit of more of an unorthodox show, but there's just too much to not talk about. Uh, And also, like, there's not a lot happening in sports. And then, like, NFL free agency and March Madness. NFL NFL free agency. So that's just what this show is going to consist of. Hope you guys are enjoying it. When we come back, we'll talk about Cleveland sports. Uh, But right now, we're going to, I mean, we're talking about sports. Let's throw it over to Coyle Roy. I got players right here on Z88. Just like that, we are back. 
It's Sports Power Talk. My name's Alex Henry. I'm joined with... Matt Permuka. And... Pat Weber. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about NFL free agency right now. NFL free agency is just crazy. And uh, you might be... Hey, 88.1, why have we yet to talk about the Cleveland Browns? They they signed some players. Let's talk about them. Okay. We hear you. We're going to get to it. Um, let's, let's go first with a name that I just love to pronounce. I got it here. I'm going to say it once, and I'm going to do my best. Uh... Agabonia Akaronkwo. Agabonia Akaronkwo. Akaronkwo. Wow, you just rattled that up like it was nothing. I had been practicing like the phonic spelling of this because I knew I was going to be on SPT and I saw that name like, okay, let's learn this name on Monday. I have two different phonic spellings out. (laughs) I still struggle. So everyone uh, that were ever, his nickname throughout his career has been Double O. So I think that's what he's going to be referred to. He's wearing number seven in Cleveland, apparently. So he's making making it really easy on his Browns fans. He's going to be Double O Seven. Literally so. is agent 007. Yeah, it really is. That's really cool. Yeah. So, what do we think about this, Matt? I'll give it to you first. Um, you're you're the Browns expert up here. What are we thinking? Three years, twenty two mil. Yeah, I absolutely love this signing. And like you know, I always try to follow people on Twitter that w- know way more football than I ever will. Guys like Nate Tice, Steve Ruiz, uh, uh, Coach Vass, a lot of those guys. Uh, they absolutely love this signing. So I love it even more uh, to get. Uh, the guy that was third in PFF's pressure rate above Miles Garrett to pay him uh, pair him with Miles Garrett, uh, I think this is an all upside signing. You know, the only risk is uh, he dealt with injuries early when he was with LA, uh, but you know he hasn't had the greatest sack numbers. But you know he's finally going to be plugged in as a full time starter in Jim Schwartz's defense, and I think this is going to be one of those signings where you look back on it and it's like they got him for how much? Because this is an incredibly cheap deal, too. Sure. This is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah three years, 22. That's... it's oh. Yes. So the first two years, there's $7 million guaranteed. Now, if you look at what Javon Hargrave got, Hargrave got $21 million a year. So yeah. basically, his entire contract times three. And that's also what Draymond Jones got another guy they were in contention for. So like, in terms of both value and quality of player, oh yeah, this is a home run. Yeah, what I have is like, if you want to look at the difference between a Jadavian Clowney and a double O, is... Uh, he has way more of a high motor. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see Jadavian Clowney take an off play and not I don't want to say that in the NFL, like go easy. <laughs> I'm not gonna go hard on you if you don't go hard on me. It's yeah. not it's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying double O, he's a high motor. He 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 does not take plays off. He's he's constantly putting in that pressure. And that's what we need oh, if yeah. we want to take off some of that slack from um uh, Miles, Pat, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, so first of all, I did say uh, when we were off air talking about it a little bit that I do have one take that I know everybody on these airways will love the Pittsburgh Steelers fan <laughs> in the room to say. Uh, but I honestly think the Browns have had a top three free agency. Yeah, I think over signing yeah, so far. Like they, I, they've been lights out. I don't. I love the gaslighting you're doing for me. I'm, I'm being. I'm going to try to be like a little more you, laid back. You know, it's not splashy, but everything you did was like it's something you needed. You filled all you know, the like, holes that you needed, and, and especially also the with contracts the, are so good. And, the contracts, and the contracts are, that you like, signed, some of these players you, too, are phenomenal. <laughs> Literally, um, he, he well, said. He said, "Hey, look." It's okay. You don't have to pay me all. No, the no. Money. So, though the Browns have an automatic restructure right in his yeah. contract, so the Browns he's going to get his money regardless. The Browns can manipulate that all they want. 100%. So I know, like, so yeah. No, I, I think the signing of Double O was fantastic because you know you did lose your Davion Clowney. Yeah, which honestly I don't think that's too detrimental. No, no. To in hindsight, no. Um, because to Davion Clowney, he didn't 
have uh, uh, the season that I think a lot of people were expecting him to have. Like, Apparently, he, he, he was, was pretty average. You know, according season. to Mary Kay's article, he was throwing temper tantrums since October. He didn't want. He only wanted to play on third down. It's like, dude, you're you're getting paid twelve million. We're gonna put you in on first and second. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that. You know, like I said, the signing is just phenomenal. Uh, if I had to actually kind of like base a player off of who Double O kind of reminds me of playing, and it hates me to say this, but he kind of reminds me of TJ Watt, and he has a high motor. He does not stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to stop until he hears that whistle or he gets the ha- or he gets his hands on your QB. Yeah, dude, like, there's no slowing him down at all. And having, and having him uh, paired with Miles Garrett, and especially with the other. Defense or with the other two defensive signings, pardon me, especially the yep. one on the line that the Browns also made. Yep, uh, the, I think the Browns might have like probably the best defensive line, uh, one of the best defensive lines in the league I, by I think, far. I say that yeah. every year. Well, I, I think Miles Garrett, great. Well, well I, I'll kind of transition into the next one. Like after the Dalvin right. Tomlinson signing, too, I think a lot less of this is kind of like handicapped to Miles Garrett. Uh, I think, you know, Double O and Dalvin Tomlinson can be serviceable because, you know, when Miles Garrett missed the Falcons game this past year, it was Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, uh, Jadavian Clowney, and uh, Porter. Go- no, it was uh, Chase Winovich. Uh, Atlanta ran through like well over 200 yards on us. And, you know, like when Miles, I, if Miles, God forbid, were to miss more time this year, I don't necessarily think it'd be the end of the world. Uh, like it was last year. It's not going to completely shut down your defense. Exactly. Like, yeah. like it normally does. And like, like I said, especially with losing to Davion Clowney, like I don't think that's that big of a deal for the Browns no. whatsoever because he wasn't that great. I mean, he, he was a big name that you scooped up. Yeah, you know, he, he his job was to take some of the pressure away from Miles Garrett, but because yeah. he wasn't playing well at all, it was all he, didn't take any, he didn't take away any of the pressure yeah, no, on Miles no. Garrett. Now you have two new guys that very easily will warrant the attention of yeah. any other offensive line in the league, which in turn will definitely boost Miles Garrett's effectiveness and performance on the field. Yeah, I think this was uh, two very well, two very good signings from the top of it. So yeah, Dalvin Absolutely. Tomlinson, four years, fifty-seven million dollars. I mean, that's such a good another contract. another good budget, like a good, uh, good budget for that, like twelve yeah. million a year ish. Uh, He's going to be a great three tech for this defense, and so you know I think right now it's looking like the starting defensive line is going to be Miles Garrett at the wide nine, Tomlinson at three tech, Perry on probably playing your nose, and then you're going to have Oboe on the backside playing the uh, playing five tech. So I think yeah. this is a on paper, I we Browns fans I know we love putting it on paper, but I mean like you know, <laughs> on, and that's this I that hurts that hurt me saying that, but that's you know true. on paper that's a very good. Uh, front four, so yeah, and you know, you look at Tomlinson's play style. He's more he, of a run stopper. He's he, very, he very embodies, good at stopping the run. He embodies everybody. He embodies what a true AFC North defensive tackle is. Oh yeah, one hundred and ten percent. I mean, look he's at some of the three hundred thirty pounds. He is a this big dude boy. Is like, he is a big, big boy. He big. he, especially in the AFC North, too, a, a, a division that is so heavily. Like it's so running back heavy. It's such a run. It's, it's very heavy run, it's run heavy, and like and I, you just added, probably in my opinion, a top ten run stopper yeah. to that offensive line when you already had Miles Garrett, who is, like I said, I he's perennial I, top not, three. We don't have to rank oh, him right we, now. We don't we, even have to. Like him, him, TJ Bosa and Parsons are in a class of their own. Exactly. So. Those two defenders and 
like I said, the, the Browns they they continue to impress me, which is something that is very hard to do because I'm a Steelers fan. So like I obviously think you know but, and like say what you will what? like about like Barry and Stefanski, but they are smart and level headed. So I mean like this is a very like if John Dorsey was still here, we None probably we probably signed Javon Hargrave and we're also probably eighty million dollars over the cap. Yeah, but uh, smart, yeah. very smart, very smart in the spending. Like, yeah, well, yeah. What far. I like about what I like about Tomlinson is it's you know in in theory, in theory, we we put Miles Garrett on this high pedestal. He should be the only one we have to genuinely rely on when it comes to pass rush. When it comes to pass rush, we shouldn't need to rely on two strong defensive ends, mm-hmm. which means you know we don't want to rely on him. On the on stopping the run, which by the way he's so good, especially on yeah. the outside, he could just get outside oh, and yeah. stop a yes, run yes. like nobody else in the league. But I mean, you look at a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, who's just incredible at stopping the run. That's really going to help our team a lot. Also, he's really good at with assists. So like that's just going to be a really good package overall. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he will clear like JOK is an undersized linebacker. Tomlinson will give him lanes to yeah. where JOK can avoid 100%. catching bodies Tomlinson and he can still get in the backfield. So much attention as as well. Like I said with Miles Garrett, like that these yeah, you paired these two uh, two of the like the best defensive linemen together and. You're you're going to see it work because oh, in a yeah. way this is similar to again I I keep flipping it back but I mean there's oh, two there's two very heavy defenses in the AFC North as we know the it's, Browns especially and the Steelers mm-hmm. and you see how the Cameron Hayward T J Watt pairing works yeah. oh, that's yeah. what it's, this is going to be yeah. but tenfold and then you because, have Oboe on the backside <laughs> exactly, and, and the reason this is going to work even better is because Tomlinson is significantly younger. Obviously, than Cameron. Yeah, Hayward. he's got a lot more. Uh, and, I, you know, this is a four-year contract. I think, and you have, yeah, you have so many more weapons that, like, I, I mean, the Browns are probably going to lead the league in sacks in my mind don't, this man, upcoming don't, season. Don't Pat, don't gaslight me, man. I got six months this season. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. We're six hey. months away from like week two or whatever. Don't I, do it I'm, to I'm, me. I'm I can't. A, I'm a boost. I'm a boost. The Browns. I can't do it so before the draft. I can't do it before the draft. After the draft, maybe. What to do? They just want to boost us up so when they. Beat us and then we cry. Yeah, I, mean, Kenny it, I, I won't lie. Us. It does. It does when feel Kenny, a little bit better. When Kenny, <laughs> when, when Kenny Pickett beats our quarter billion dollar quarterback. Yeah, when Kenny Pickett of all quarterbacks decides, hey, like I'm, I'm gonna run <sighs> out to play football this game. It's, it's like, like, wow, yeah. this is, this is great. Nothing to play football, guys. Good old Kenny. Okay. So another like signing <laughs> by the Cleveland Browns. They got Juan Thornhill, uh, three years, twenty one mil. Uh, Matt, I'll give it to you. What do we think about Thornhill? Yeah, I think this is a very good signing. Uh, you know, again, not anything that's going to be you know splashy or a big name, but it's it's again, it's a position of need. I don't think it's. You know, I already said I don't think it's a home run play, but you know, you did need this. It's a true free safety for once. You know, John Johnson was a strong safety. Grant Delpit was drafted as a free safety, but for some reason can't play free safety in the NFL. Oh, but yeah, so Thornhill, he's very athletic. He's going to allow Jim Schwartz to blitz because he can be responsible in one-high looks, unlike John Johnson or Grant Delpit. I don't know how much one-high we're going to be playing this year, though, because Schwartz loves to run cover two and cover four. Uh, but Thornhill gives you the option to send pressure and drop back into one man or two, or in cover three. So, I, I again, think it's a, a very solid sign for the Browns. I mean, Matt, like you said, nothing splashy, but what the Browns are doing is they're filling in the holes they need with these role players. Yeah. And honestly, you can't ask for much more because, personally, in my opinion, if I'm building, especially an NFL team now, when you're looking at different sports, obviously you need to get superstars for the NBA. Otherwise, you're not going to succeed. But in the NFL, you don't need 
to have pro bowlers at every position exactly. to you be just, successful. You just need guys that aren't going to cost you anything. Yeah, you, you, need, you need good role players that, you know, they're going to get the job done at the end of the day. They might have a slightly above average season for you. And even if they have their average season, that's still very, very good for your team at the end of the day. I mean, we've seen some of the most average teams make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Ravens, prime example, when they won it, when Joe Flacco was their QB. They just the only, got hot at the right time. Role the only players, real stars they yeah. had were Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. And that was about it. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, you don't need all these flashy players. That's why, like, for if there's any Browns fans out there, which I don't really think there are, would be too many Browns fans out there that would have this opinion. But if you are a Browns fan and you have this opinion of, you know, you're not getting these big-name guys, that's all right. Because you don't need Honestly, the big if, names to if, win you games. Look, if Browns Twitter doesn't know these guys' names, that might be a good thing in hindsight. Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so true. Yeah, Browns Twitter, bam, they don't, they don't like anything. I kind of went in order here in terms of, like, name value-esque signings yeah, and, yeah. and overall my opinion of how I looked at them. So I'm just going to kind of bunch these next ones together. Let me just overall think what we think about it. And their contracts aren't even necessarily all finalized in terms of yeah, right yeah. now anyway with these these names. Uh, defensive tackle Tristan Hill, uh, tight end Jordan Akins. Uh, and then another defensive tackle, Maurice Hurst. What do we think about uh, these guys, Matt? As far as the defensive tackles go, I just think these last two are kind of here to just give Perrion, no, sorry, not Perrion, uh, Elliot and Togiai, like a camp battle necessarily. Uh, I think you know these guys are rotational players, and if they have to start, it's not necessarily the best thing in the world. Uh, as far as uh, Akins goes, uh, you know you need to make Deshaun Watson comfortable. So, you know, he played with them in Houston. He had a career he had a career year last year with Davis Mills and Kyle Allen. So I'm excited to see what he can do as our tight end too. Yep. Very, very solid signings. I mean, overall for the Browns. Like I said, the two defense tackles, Matt, I kinda of agree with you. It's just to kinda It's yeah, it's a camp battle. It, it, it's to bring more competitiveness to the locker room at the end of the day, you know, going into training and everything, going into your training camps. And then, and for uh, Jordan Higgins, I mean, solid, solid signings, very good blocking tight end as well as a receiving tight end. Which are very rare nowadays. Yeah, you don't really get the true, like, old school version of a tight end, but I think if you had to look at somebody who's kind of like an old school tight end, it's uh, Jordan Higgins. You Mm -hmm. added somebody else who can help block. Uh, on the line when he's needed at, yeah. at tight end, yeah. uh, and if he needs to, you know, go out and run a short little route, he's going to catch. Yeah, he was really good. Five, six he, yards. Had, he had five touchdowns last year, and it, I mean, on it, that on that terrible good. Texans team, that's, that's very that's, that's solid. very solid. Yes, yeah, absolutely, especially for a tight end too. Mm-hmm. You know, very solid behind Njoku. I mean, yeah, very very solid. Yeah, I I like a lot of these um, picks for the Browns. Lastly, I want to ask before we end talking about football, which I didn't know if we would. Uh, <laughs> um, what what do the Browns need to still get um, during free agency, if anything? Like, it's it's crazy to think, like, just this roster, the offensive line, no complaints, the backfield, no complaints, tight end, no complaints, front four, no complaints, middle linebacker, meh, secondary, you're fine. I It, it has to be slot receiver. Like, yeah. I'm I'm struggling to find like problems on this team right now, and that really scares me because I know like when we do face our problem in the regular season, it's like how come I couldn't see this to begin with? But if we can just get a slot ride receiver, whether that's Josh Downs in the draft or we trade for Jerry Judy, oh boy, oh boy, there are absolutely no excuses for this team this year. Man, I 100% agree with you. The only argument that I could make, and I'm not making this actually, I'm just saying I could see somebody uh, bringing up, yeah. would be at corner. I know there is some concern with 
corner uh, in terms of Cleveland. But overall, I mean, you got to look at wide receiver. Uh, it has to be a wide receiver. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Wide receiver, 100%. This roster on paper might be one of the most well-rounded rosters that I've ever seen it's an scary. NFL team have. Like. But if we don't, if this, if we don't make the playoffs this year, heads are gonna roll and just. But like I was, oh. I was about to get to that. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, it is Cleveland, and it's like no matter how good the roster will seem to be on paper, it's just like I think the football gods just don't like and but the, the city of Cleveland. But the AFC is just loaded too. I mean, we have Mahomes, Herbert. Maybe Russell Wilson, now Aaron Rodgers soon, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, uh, AFC, uh, AFC South, uh, they're all bad. Uh, yeah, the, the, Jag, the Jags are on the come up. Uh, AFC, yeah. And then you have the Chargers yeah, uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, it's just, it's Herbert. crazy. It's crazy how stacked this conference is going to be in that, like, three... Three of the top ten teams in the AFC are not going to make the playoffs. This is just absolute. Yeah, and chaos. especially in a, in a division like the AFC North, where like it's always you always have like regardless. Like normally, like the four teams are always very very competitive. Oh, conference games this year are going to be must see TV. So I think the real time to separate yourself it has to be division games and out of conference games this year. This it's so lopsided in terms of roster talent in the NFL this year. Yeah, I agree. I'm very excited for what the Browns will do. I don't think they're done. I think there's there's always a big move every year with the Browns, and that big move hasn't happened yet. So uh, I'm very excited to see what that might be. Uh, let's talk about the Cavs. Let's transition into Woo, basketball. Finally. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about another Cleveland sport, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we don't necessarily need to recap um, every game. I will give the scores. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Charlotte Hornets 120-104. to then they went on to play Philadelphia. Uh, the 76ers lost 118-109. to And then they played the Wizards, and they were able to win 117-94. to um, You know, I, I kind of want to switch it up instead of the old, what do we think about this game, what do we think about this game. Overall, what are we thinking about just how the Cavs have played this week? Pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, uh, so I'll give one specific shout-out for the uh, Hornets game, and then uh, the Sixers and Wizards game will be kind of lumped together. Uh, so, you know, obviously no Jared Allen this week, so the lineup's been Garland, Mitchell, Okoro, Lamar Stevens at four, and then Mobley back at center. Uh, Charlotte, they really took care of business. They're running four guys that are completely undersized, and they were an undermanned team. They, you know, they, they took care of Charlotte. They blew them out. Every, all the role players are making their shots. Great to see on the road. Uh, but then, you know, uh, for the Sixers and Wizards, uh, the reemergence of Karis LeVert. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's come back in his own. He's averaging around seventeen these last five games. We're going to need him to be efficient in the playoffs because there's been times this year where he's been an incredible sixth man, and there's been times when he's borderline unplayable. Same goes with like Jetty Osmond. So uh, we need these guys to start peaking at the right time, and I'm hoping Levert doesn't sucker me in just to inevitably you know cost you a playoff game let alone series and that's a real possibility yeah. that's not even a joke i mean that's a legitimate concern um pat what do you think i just want to say one thing it is so nice to hear everybody agreeing with me that karis lavert is just such a good basketball player oh my, I, I love, love karis, karis LeVert. LeVert. yes thank you Every, like, everybody everybody else is like karis lavert's terrible and i'm like 
That's my that's my dog. I love, I love, I love me some Karis LeVert. Now, I mean, like, I understand he's been incredibly inefficient at times, but, I mean, overall, I would rather yeah, have him than not. When, when, yes. it was, when it was going towards the trade deadline, all I heard was, like, why, like, why the like, Cavs why is Karis, trade Karis, why is Karis LeVert still on this roster? Because he's a solid guard. He's, he's a, a solid, solid guard. sixth he, he, man. He's a solid, he's a solid you're, guard forward you're, combo Your player. playoff rotation, he's going to be your sixth man, Rubio at seven, and maybe you play Jetty. Like, I, I you're would, not playing more than eight guys in the playoffs. I would even argue to say that Levert might be able to slot in there starting at small forward some games as well. Oh, with Accor. Yeah, I, I, think I'm, I think he's more efficient than Isaiah I, I'm scared for Accor in the playoffs, man. So that, like, that, that was my biggest thing was why why all the Cavs fans like why all, why did we think well, that it I was why did a majority of us think it was okay to ship off the Browns bro Karis well Levert. the Browns have ruined like just talking sports in this town I will True. tell you I will tell I, you I that to begin on with why everyone wanted to get rid of Karis LeVert so Can that, I give but everybody you what was I like it's okay to keep Pat, here's my my hypothetical answer I agree I also know Logan Congrove agrees that we we both love Karis LeVert. If I had to guess, a lot of people wanted to get rid of him before the season. They thought it was a smart move to trade him before the season. Now, there was an argument there because we didn't necessarily know what he might have given us this season. And for what his value was before the season started, you might have been able to get a more valuable piece to the lineup. However, mm-hmm. now that we've seen what he can give us on a good night and he fits the role that we need him to play when he's playing it, which is more times than not, um, it's just, is he playing yeah. his role really good or is right. he playing it just no. average? Um, that's a different argument. But I think the thing with Cleveland fans is, well, we didn't trade him. Why did We still have to trade him. He still obviously yeah. must be bad and we still yeah, must and, trade and him. See, that, that's why I was and confused. And I think that's the, because, the stigma. Because it was like, how can you talk about trading Karis LeVert but you refuse to talk about trading Isaac Okoro. I'd say Isaac Okoro yeah. was way more expendable. I, to this I get, than I get that is. notion. Now, Alex, you brought up this like idea of like people wanted to trade him before the season. Could you imagine if instead of shipping off Markinen to Utah, we got we were able to make the deal with Karis Levert, and this right. team still kept Lowry Markinen? Insane! Oh my gosh! That oh. is the only. And I now was, I'm I upset. Love, I now love I'm Karis upset. Levert, but that is the one. And oh. only trade possibility that oh, I would man. be okay with us trading Karis Lever. And that yeah. is the only one if we got to yeah, keep And Mark I remember him. it was like during Cavs Media Day or something, Karis did an interview and they asked, you know, what were your reaction to the Donovan Mitchell trade? And he goes, I didn't know because he said he thought he was going to be part of the deal. And it's like, oh, man, if we... Oh. Yeah, our starting five would have been Garland, incredible. Mitchell, Mark, and Mobley, and Allen. Wow, oh. that, that's dynasty level right there. Oh man, that now I'm mad. Now I'm, I'm sorry. I had. I'm sorry. Now I'm sad. Now I'm angry. So uh, I, I'm I still love with where we're Ka- at though. Karis Levert, I, I still love you. I'm just. Oh, I don't think we would have been able to keep Karis. I don't think we would have got Donovan Mitchell if we didn't give up Larry Markkinen though. I th- well, remember the Cavs were like out of the trade, and I think that's because they weren't budging on putting Markkinen in the deal. And then, sure. and then we did. So here's something else we can argue about as uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans and just be yeah. upset about more argue. Sounds is normal. Why does Joel Embiid own the Cleveland Cavaliers? I thought I thought I, yeah. we had another owner, uh, but he must actually be the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, genuinely, every time Joel Embiid has played Cleveland in the past two years, he decides, I, I said this the other day, and this is so crazy. I, I know. I know it's crazy. Hot take. Hot take button. I think I would rather overall take prime time Joel Embiid versus the Cavs over Shaquille O'Neal. 
Yeah, if, yeah. if it's Embiid versus the Cavs. Yeah, he does I mean, become genuinely. he does become uh, a Greek god whenever he plays the Cavs. Genuinely, uh, and it's you know I think it's as simple as he has sixty pounds on Jarrett Allen, and Evan Mobley is still twenty years old. And Joel Embiid also has a few inches on. Yeah, like Joel Embiid. Out there too. Joel Embiid is like two hundred and ninety pounds, so he can just body Jarrett Allen. He bodies Jarrett Allen literally. It's, it's some of the most physical basketball ever. Oh, and seen. when he's not bodying him, he's pulling up for three. Yeah, and then like, oh my god, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the nine one one three, the fourth quarter of the game on Wednesday? Nine one one three. He inbounds the ball, does this really awkward step back off of one leg, and just banks in a yeah. three. At that point, like I was just done. I'm like, it, right. it's over. It's over. He doesn't miss shots. No, I, against the Cavs, no, he does not. Which, you know, it makes me pretty happy that the Cavs and the Sixers are so close that in hopes of, you know, not having to meet them in the playoffs would just be so wonderful. You know, I, I've, I I put out this tweet, like, no one, like, my tweets don't get any traction, but it's like, <laughs> Joel, M- Joel Embiid is going to be the Cavs version of John Elway. <laughs> so where he is what's going to stop you from these finals runs in the coming years because he's going to be at the tail end of his prime. He needs to get a ring. Yeah. But, oh, man. I, I will say the one thing I was very happy, the only thing I was kind of happy about after that performance against the Cavs, that he is now number one in the MVP race. Good. Yeah, if we're going to so, lose to someone, it better be the MVP. It, I mean, that's solid because, I mean, he's been robbed yeah, and, you know, two consecutive we can ag- years. We can agree. That, so. was a, that was an offensive foul, right? Like, when he sent no, Mobley yeah, into the yes. state. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And by the way, so interesting not to call that as well. Um, well, they reversed it. it yeah, it's, it's weird because it's a primetime game, and you can't take right. the MVP off the floor with six minutes left. Right? But yeah, it was. It was. Oh my gosh, so, I'm angry now. Quickly before we get into March Madness, <laughs> what what does Cleveland do? What changes do they need to make going into the playoffs? They're pretty much they're not a lock, but I mean they're they're a lock. Without being a lock, What's I a- think they have to lose every game to fall into the play, and they have to lose yeah. like their last. So, either nine. either way, the Cavs are still going to be playing some form of a postseason. So what do they got to do? What do they got to do to, I to think change to make the finals? Win you, the finals? You just got to start, finals. Oh, start slotting, start slotting Karis Levert in at three and starting him more than Isaac Okoro. Because I'm sorry, but Isaac Okoro, defensively. Yes, I love having him on the court. But he's a liability. They're, you're going to be playing four-on-five basketball exactly. on and, offense. And on offense, he is, I don't want to say abysmal, but he is not. There's a he lot was to be one of the greatest three-point shooters in the league. Remember, there's always, the, there's always that, no, there's always <laughs> so, that one stretch in like where he's like really good from the corner three. Guys, like, if Isaac Okoro is standing three inches from the baseline shooting at this corner three, he actually shoots 43% from yeah. field. But like, then it's like everywhere else, it's like he just like can't. Some, he, like, it's he's like an offensive on, liability. It's like on Tuesdays, Isaac Okoro is an incredibly efficient <laughs> shooter. And, and while us not starting him, would that take away? From that's why you have two seven footers. I'm sorry when you when you have the twin towers down in the post. Like Okoro's, I Okoro might be alive. And Levert and Levert plays very very sound perimeter defense at the end of the day. Like if you play a if if you're matched up with Boston in the second round, I don't think you can play Okoro because Brown and Tatum can defend, and they're not going to be defending 
Isaac Okoro. Okoro. No, they're going to be they're going to be throwing Jalen Brown on Darius Garland, and they're, they're going to be throwing double team swords. They're going to be throwing double team swords. They're, gonna be, that they they're going to beat Okoro. up Darius Garland in the playoffs, and it's going to be because Isaac Okoro is that expendable player on your offense. That's why, like I said, you got to you got to start Levert because Karis Levert he's a very solid perimeter defender too. Like he's not he's not a bad defender by any means. Now he's not up to the level of defense that uh, Okoro yeah. has. But you have to sacrifice some of that defensive ability for an offensive uh, caliber player because, like like Matt, I, I completely agree with you. Like, yeah. if we start Isaac Okoro in the postseason, we're probably not going to win a series because all now, whoever I, we I play th- is going to have to. I do, think you could beat New York or um, yeah, but or well, either any, New York any one team. of the big caliber. No, but you know if you're. If you're matched up against Milwaukee, or no one can defend Giannis, but like exactly. if you're playing Boston or Philly in the second round, man, it's just good. They're just over gonna, because all they're going to do is just start running double teams on every other his, player. His, defen- not his defensive anything. prowess is not worth it because, like, I, I'm looking back to uh, uh, like the LeBron years in the finals. They would always like it was always find Curry, have whoever Curry was guarding at the time screen like screen switch Curry onto LeBron. That's pretty much how it's going to be in the playoffs with Darius Garland. So it's going to render Okoro useless. And if he can't play offense for you, like, there, there's, I mean, there, there's no reason you should be stepping foot on the court. I, mean, I liked it 15 minutes ago and I wasn't scared for the Cavs, man. <laughs> now I miss Lowry. And now it's like, oh, man, we're going to have playoff trouble. It, and it's, it's like, like we the, don't have a true small forward. Ah, It's what runs through the mind of Cleveland sports oh, fans. Man, is now, how are we going to mess this Now up? I'm insecure. No, just seriously, start start Karis Levert more. Like he, if if you can get him hot, and I've said this for a while, if you start Karis Levert and you can get him going, you cannot stop. Like he can't stop once he gets hot. I liked it randomly when he and Donnie had that forty point game each in October. So so far, that's going to do it for Cavs talk this hour. When we get back, we'll talk about arguably the biggest thing that's happening in sports happens every March. It's March Madness, so you're going to want to stick around for that. But right now, I got On Me by Little Baby. Stick around for our last and final segment of SBT. Hey, Sports Power Talk fans, we are back, and we are going in to our very last segment here on Sports Power Talk. I am your host this week, Alex Henry, and I am joined with Matt Pamuka and Pat Weber. And you might have been waiting the whole show. You might have actually turned the show off around, <laughs> I don't know, 11.30. When we brought and then turned it back, doing turned it back on around, what I say, 11.30. Turned it back on around 12.30. We were still talking about football. And now you turn it on, and here we are, and we're, we're talking about Welcome um, to March. March Madness. So, yeah, March Madness has been crazy. Before I even like get into just... The craziness that's been March Madness. How's your guys' brackets? How are we doing? So actually, destroyed. Um, <laughs> I so I picked Houston to win my brackets. I I really don't watch much college basketball outside of the Zips. Uh, so, but I didn't remember I picked Houston. So I thought my bracket was completely ruined, and I'm projected to win all of my leagues currently. Yeah, that's good. Even WZIP Zone, I'll be the fantasy champion and the bracketology champion. Wow, that's flex. Yeah, not not going great at all. Uh, a lot of upsets, which I'm not mad about whatsoever because March Madness, the reason I love it is because of the upsets that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, my bracket's not not looking too great. Shout out the boys in 98, though, because if I would have followed their bracket, I would only right now, or if I would have if I would have picked all the winners that they had, the only team that I would have missed out on is Kansas yeah. so far. So shout out uh, Chip, Chanchi, and Steph because they were all right 
and I, I, I sent their post, Instagram post to one of my friends. I'm like, wow, that's why I love having basketball knowledge. Now I'm like, I have no basketball knowledge yep. because my bracket decided to dismantle itself entirely. Uh, not saying that's on Purdue, but a lot of that's on Purdue. A lot of it's on Purdue. You know, when a one seed loses round one, that's going to greatly skew everything. That that was, like, officially one of the deciding moments that broke my bracket, but I was okay with that because I loved seeing Purdue get upset for the third year in a row by a 15 or 16 Last year it was Doug with St. Pete. Uh, Who was the double digit before that? Because uh, they lost as a oh, six. Remember, because they, they, they lost to the 15th In 2021, seed. I thought it was a 6 versus 11 game. No, they, there was somebody else they lost to. It was, an absolute, it, was, it was another one of those schools that, like, that was the one chance they had. Okay, and, and they beat yeah, them. Okay. I, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, but, no, but last year was St. Pete's, uh, and then this year it's FDU. Purdue yeah. loves So let's to talk about away. that game. Let's yeah. talk about, let's start with the, some upsets. In case you're wondering, I have. Tennessee winning, they're still there. So yes, they're still massive dub, not massive bad. Dub. Not yeah, gonna lie, it's not, not, gonna not lie. an awful bracket. You're riding, you're riding the chip train. That's who he picked to win. Well, I just like their pants. <laughs> you, know, you know what? The striped pants is that what you're talking about? The yeah, yeah, I think they're yeah, so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like their pants, so that's why I picked them. Um, yeah, that's always a good thing to say on a sports talk show. Uh, <laughs> but it's March Madness. I mean, you got you can't win. It is March. Win. People will pick any team to win based on anything at all because. Anything's possible in in this month. Anything's possible at all. So, yeah, FD, uh, or sorry, yeah, wait, FD, FD, yeah, FD, 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 beat Purdue, the second 16 seed to beat a a one One seed seed ever. Ever. Yeah. What do we think about this game? Incredible. Absolutely. Did you guys watch it it live? I I did watch it live, yeah. So, I do have a little, like, side tangent about this, right? So, my Aunt Becky, she absolutely loves college basketball. <laughs> so, like, when she she loves listening to we me. We always she, talk about Aunt Becky. Yeah, she will live text me during the show, too, and everything. And oh. so, like, whenever she's watching college basketball, she'll send me, like, notes about the game she watched, and she loved Purdue this year. And so Ooh. she's like, you got, like, and she had Purdue winning it all in her bracket. And I'm like, you know, Aunt Becky, I trust you, but I'm going to have them out in my lead eight because they always seem to come up short. And then they lost, and, you know, I texted her last night. It's like, hey, I'm sorry about your Boilermakers, and, you know, I'm going to... The Spoilermakers. Yeah, so it's uh, my cousin's birthday today. I'm going there after the show, so I'm going to console her about her Boilermakers after that. If I'm being honest, there's three teams every single year that I will never, ever put in going to the finals or winning the whole thing ever, and that is Virginia, Purdue, Purdue, and Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Those are the big three... But definitely that Virginia. Every Virginia. single, oh, yeah. yeah, every single of those three. And then even, you know, I'll throw in Arizona there, too. Yeah, those I, four teams, it's Arizona. like, how can you be the face of college basketball and then you don't do a single thing at all? And I'm sorry, but, like, I have I have a bone to pick with all of the Big Ten homers out there. Yeah. After the, after the Purdue Is game. Is there still a Big Ten team left after last night? Um, Penn State and Maryland. Penn State lost. Maryland lost. Um Kind I don't, of think, I don't, I don't believe there are any. There are Michigan State oh, okay, still yeah. remains. They oh, but they have play to today play. though, and Indiana plays okay, as well. But, okay, they play today. Okay. Um, however, I am so sick and tired of the Big Ten homers going like, "Oh, Purdue had a good season, no matter what." No, no, you are a number one seed. You have one of the best basketball players in college basketball on your team, Zach Eddy. You have one of the best centers. He is. He was easily like five, six inches taller than. Anybody on FDU's roster. Isn't he like 7'3"? Yeah. And you can't win a game. I'm sorry, but there was somebody. I don't know which player on Purdue it was, but he missed. I counted 
like nine I think, threes. No, it, I think it was their freshman point Nine guard. threes, think, and you yeah. didn't take them out. I'm sorry, but for any Big Ten fans out there who are going to defend Purdue on this, no. They deserve no defense. They flat out blew this game. They, they blew it. They blew it. This was their game to win, and they completely and utterly just fumbled the bag. How... How do you lose this game? That's all I want to know. You're well, you're the number one team. Like almost everybody in the United States on their main bracket, yeah. they picked you to win it all. Yep. And you can't get past the 16 right. seed at so, all. Do you want to? They shouldn't s- have been there. They should not have been there. They didn't win their conference, but due to NCAA tournament rules in place, FDU found themselves in this position. They yeah. should not have been here. No, yeah, that you was, that to was be one here. of the things I was going to bring up. They yeah. didn't win their conference. <laughs> so they're a, they're a part of a one-bid conference. The team that won their conference was punished somehow, so they were... Sh- they, they had just got yeah, bumped they, up to the Division yeah, One they level. Had, they had a, so the team that won their conference forfeited the title, and then FDU got to go to the first four in-game. And now they're in the round of 32 playing tonight. It's yeah. absolutely insane. So exciting. It's, it's uh, nuts. And like I said, I, I just don't like the people that are defending Purdue. They deserve no defense. They deserve like every bit of embarrassment. This is the third year in a row that they've lost actually, to a low-seeded team. Not to interrupt you, yeah. Pat, but somehow I got onto Purdue Sympathizer TikTok, and I don't know how it happened. <laughs> no, same. But I saw it, and then I put in the comments. I, I literally put in the comments. I said, if any one of you de- like defends Purdue, you're a disgusting human yeah, being. I don't know, oh, how, I, they don't I, I don't know how I ended up there. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I don't funny even because, watch college, all right, so FDU's coach, his name's uh, Tobin Anderson. It's his first year coach in D1, and he said in his post-game presser, he goes, you know, if we play them 99 times, we lose 99 more times. <laughs> like, basically, he said this was the one in 100 shot. And you're like, I just love seeing all these guys. Like, they obviously hadn't, I, I don't think they packed enough stuff to, they be, didn't. to be in Columbus. They, they genuinely didn't, because I remember, I think like, it was in the same press conference that like, when like, they interviewed FDU's coach, he yeah. said, Well, I have to go do laundry because I didn't think we would make it this far. Yeah, like, Coach, Anderson, he, had to, he had to go do his laundry because on, he didn't like, pack enough. He's on Good Morning America Sports Center, and you can just tell, like, whenever those guys are interviewed, like, they, like, they're some of the most genuinely happy people I've ever seen. Like, I have a question. Their arena holds 800 people. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I think you're, you're, you're bringing up a good point, Matt. And I want to make a generalization, and you guys can tell me if it's a wrong generalization or not. My girlfriend despises how many generalizations I make, but I'd like to make one. Um, and when it comes to college basketball, when you have a whole just team that plays well together, they are going to win. So when you look, they, at, they can beat when you look team. at when yeah. you look at FDU, there wasn't a player over twenty points. Now no, you go to the NBA, LeBron James can take a team of plumbers to the NBA Finals by himself. Well, you don't he did need. That. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> he did that multiple times. You know, seven and and this, this happens every year. You don't need the whole team to be putting up great points. But when you look at college basketball, when you have the whole mm-hmm. team, these these are this points that of the players on FDU: eight, twelve, nineteen, seven, six, ten. One, when you have guys that are just consistently just playing pretty good together as a team, mm-hmm. that is a college no, basketball like, team that's going I, I wanna 100%. Say, like, I want to say something to go off that. You know, like a lot of times, I know typically it's like anti-NBA rhetoric, and I'll let you like, you know, when we say like, oh, I prefer college because they play the game the right way, and that's mm-hmm. typically, you know, anti-NBA rhetoric. But like in a way, it, that's that's highlighting itself in this tournament so far. Yeah. We've had a lot of upsets because they are complete teams. They are out rebounding, out assisting, and having fewer turnovers than their competition with like you know a much higher ranked competition. Uh, so yeah, I think that generalization is fairly. Yeah, if, well, I, I if you want to look, it's not even a general a generalization. Excuse me, that's just a fact. Like look look in the Mac. Like prime example. This is you set up me up for a prime thing that I'm going to talk about. For just, I was like, actually going to talk about it. So you go look, ahead, Pat. Look in the Mac. Look at 
the number one seed. I mean, I know they didn't win it, but look mm-hmm. at the number one seed, and yep. let's look at who finished in last place. Yeah. Wow, you, yeah, you have Eastern Michigan, this beautiful, shiny last place team because Eastern Michigan deserves nothing, and yeah. they got nothing, which is fine with me. But you look at them, and they get, wow, they get the former number one recruit in, in basketball. Yeah, they got the guy Tim Hardaway. And they won seven games. Hardaway, yeah. They won seven games, oh, boy. and that is it. And then you look at Toledo. Well, they didn't have... They they have their typical three four star, of course, like much like the rest of the MAC does. Yeah, you have your best players, but like, and yet, all their players are averaging around twelve to fifteen points a game in the starting lineup. Exactly, and they're the number one seed. Exactly, you play the team brand of basketball mm-hmm. in college. That's going to work every single time. And then you, if you don't do it, and you try to do the NBA route in college, you end up like. Eastern Michigan, Early where you win seven games. Or even like a Purdue. And somehow, in some way, you still end up on the hype video for the MAC tournament. Yeah. Which well, blows my mind. That is another thing, too. The yeah. fact that I saw Monty Bates on the hype video for the MAC tournament, I was like, was why it? is he there? Like, the, <laughs> he only time, there. the only other time that any college, or like any other school in the MAC that was shown, like on there, that wasn't on there, it was because they were getting scored on. Well, I noticed it the same way, Pat. I noticed it the same way, not in the sense of even looking at it as Toledo versus Imani Bates, which is a really good comparison, but I just noticed it in terms of when you look at our University of Akron, and you knew that you weren't tuning into WZIP without hearing us mention the Zips at least once. I was going to bring it up. Is obligated to. I think when you look at the Zips basketball team, I will still say to this day, they are better than what Kent State was this season. But when they lost to Kent State... It was because everybody on Kent was playing so well together. And you see guys like a Chris Payton who really didn't do anything all season. Now he's giving you 10-15 and locking up, um, I'm sorry, they, Enrique they Freeman got, got hot at the right in time. the game. So when – and then – sure. You, it, well, actually, this even helps. You look at the Zips where it was Enrique Freeman because X was pretty cold for, in those games – it, or nothing, really. So you looked at a team who played well together, and when you look at when Kent played bad, it's because, well, they relied on Sincere Carey to lead them, and Sincere Carey couldn't carry. And so now I, I'm i watching this throughout the MAC tournament, and then it gets to Toledo versus Kent. And I'm like, oh, well, Toledo plays so well as a team that they're going to beat Kent. Well, Toledo played awful as a team, and Kent played great as a team. And then... I see this upset, this 16 versus 1 seed upset, and I'm like, well, why? Why? Purdue's supposed to be so good. Why does this happen? The team plays so good together, and now I'm realizing these, these when a college team can just all play well with each other, all give you a plus 8 average, it's gonna, they're going to win. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. And, and I will even say, like, if you look at last year, our, our Zips team, the reason why we were so good last year is yep. because... We had the depth and everybody contributed. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, yeah. yes, obviously last year our number one score on the team was oh, Ali yeah. Ali. Um, he, he left. Uh, he's averaging 5.5 <laughs> points a game off the bench at Butler. He didn't I play like half know. the season. <laughs> okay. Oh, I do know because I have a personal vendetta against him for leaving now. Yeah, boy, You left. You broke all of our hearts. I don't like you anymore. Aww. Now, if you want to come back, please come back. Please come back. <laughs> I, I, I would love to have you back. Everything but no. I said was a joke if you come back. Exactly. Matt gets it. Matt gets what it's like to be a Zips fan. If, if you're a Zips player, I like you. If you leave, I don't. But if you want to come back, please come back. Yeah. <laughs> we need you here. So, but no, like, entirely, like, last year it was just a team brand of basketball. I mean, you yeah, look at, like, Ali Ali was averaging, I think he was our leading scorer, averaging, like, 13.9. 
X, I think at that time was averaging around 13. Enrique was averaging about 12. Like we had those, we had the, we had our big three players, and then Greg Chipson is usually like six to eight points mm-hmm. in there as well. And then we also, I believe, in our starting lineup uh, last year, we also had Michael Dawson. Now I know Michael didn't play this year due to his uh, injury. But he would still contribute his like nine points from three. Right. So it's like, and then off the off the bench too, we always have Garvin uh, Clark coming in. He's pretty efficient, you know, six points a game. But it's like that type of thing. It's like everybody knows their role. They all play to their role. And yeah. just want to give a little hope for Zips fans. I mean, hey, we all saw the news. Enrique Freeman's coming back. He's coming back. Um, I so knew he was. How did long, this, long story short, the Zips are winning. The Zips are winning the MAC saying. next year, no I, matter what. So. How did he go from FDU to talking about like old Zips teams? <laughs> hey. It's because it's the generalizations. Man. It well, is, but all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll go back. Well, yeah, we'll go back to March Madness. Um, but no, it's definitely like interesting. And I, I'll just say this, and you know, like to say it. It's also interesting because I'm so much more of an NFL fan than a college football fan, which I know is just so blasphemous to say. College football is so much better it's than the not. NFL, but. I, I genuinely this season, and I've never been crazy about college basketball, genuinely have never been so much more of a college basketball fan for this kind of reason that I'm bringing up. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Uh, let's look at another upset. Uh, I'm actually going to skip the one I was going to talk to because, Pat, you brought up one that I want to talk about more. Arizona yeah. uh, in Princeton, a 15 seed beating the 2 seed. What do we think about this? And Princeton won last and night. They, they did. 16. They went on yeah. to beat Missouri. Revenge Princeton, of the nerds, baby. Princeton is... I would dare say this is the Cinderella team this year, unless unless I mean, FDU beats FAU. Well, dude, everyone on Princeton's a genius. Like to get into Princeton, you need a thirty-five on your ACT you or do. like a it's, fifteen it's seventy on your SAT. It's insane. You, you think of Princeton, you think of these Ivy League schools. You do not think, oh, they're going to go make a run in March Madness. These guys, and they, here they are. They they're have, making their run in March Madness. They have the basketball tournament in March, and they have their accounting internship in May. <laughs> so hey, they're going to have one heck of a water cooler story. It's really incredible, yeah. and that that again, like the Princeton, <laughs> both of Princeton's upsets again speak on the the need to play a team brand of basketball while you're in college because I'm going to be honest with you before the Arizona game I could not tell you one player that played for Princeton at all I still can't I just like watching them go off (laughs) let this boy cook let that boy cook let the other one cook they've been going they've been going crazy and it's just really like this Princeton and FDU like those two teams embody why March Madness is March Madness why it is so much fun just watch March Madness because you get these, again, it's the Cinderella stories every year. And this year we have a possibility of having two at the same time. I don't, I can't think of the last time there were two at the same time, personally. I, I can't. Yeah, well, Normally there's always just year, one. Last year St. Pete made the Elite Eight. I feel like there was another like double digit seat up there too. There was. It was Loyola Chicago way oh, back with Sister Jean. Oh, no, no. no yeah, no, Shout Loyola. out Sister Jean. She's still yeah, Loyola, it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> UMBC made the Sweet 16 and Loyola Chicago made the Final Four. Or was it the Elite Eight? In the they made the Elite Eight as yeah, well, that I was, believe. Yeah, that was a fun year. So Yeah, and it's one of those where every year, I mean, it's not every year, but it's every now and then you'll see the Cinderella stories. And All at we're, once and it's so much fun. And, and we're getting multiple at once and I'm a huge fan of it because well, normally whoever the Cinderella story is like if my bracket shattered I'm all for them because I just yeah. love seeing the you know the underdogs do something because let's be honest like when and I am saying when because it will happen when Akron finds themselves back in March Madness next year yeah we're going to be a Cinderella team yeah obviously so that that's America, one reason America's going to love this team with kangaroos on their jerseys hey, either you love the zips or 
No. <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I think uh, like this Cinderella thing, I think this is going to be a much more common trend in the future because like if you look at these kids now, like they're all like our age and like I remember I grew up, I had a neighbor every weekend, he was in AAU tournaments. Like the quality level of basketball player just at any of these schools is going drastically up. They have access to all these resource resources, you know, like uh, you know, clinics and all of that stuff. I mean, I think generally overall we're going to have much better basketball players at every level. So I think we're going to have a lot more parity uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So I think a lot of these you know, upset runs are going to be a common trend in the near future. I can yeah. I completely agree because it's it's the same thing where like in college basketball, you don't have to be like the number one school to get the good recruits. If you're good in a competitive conference, you're going to get the recruits. Like, yeah. Why do you think Akron? Why, coach- why do you think we're so good? Because the MAC, fo- football-wise, we're not a very competitive football conference. But, but in yeah. basketball, that's like that's our, our selling point is mm-hmm. Maction, the MAC tournament, you know, up at Rocket Mortgage. You know, we don't get we don't have to get all these high level players. Like we're like, you know, the Zips, we would never ever get, you know, players that are committed to Alabama. Like no. you know, Alabama, Ohio State, they went over college football literally ten out of ten times. Like if you get an offer from them, you're going to play for them. But for college basketball, because it's so much more spread out because the rosters are so much smaller and they're much more competitive. Like I agree with Matt, like the quality of players that we're seeing nowadays far exceeds what it used to be. So we're like in the past where like you would get those one or two a year where it's like, oh, we get these Cinderella stories against loaded rosters. Well now these rosters are more spread out. They're more evenly distributed throughout every single conference and every single team. So this trend is going to continue up. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Like in college football, whenever I see like you know, when Bowling Green beat Minnesota. I was like, that I was love cool. that. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, like that that's something that you actually won't see. No, ever, you'll you'll yeah. hardly ever see a Max will beat a Big Ten school or a Max will beat an SEC school. You'll never see that. But in basketball, oh, you'll see it. Yeah. Like, no problem. Well, That's I what think I love. Matt brings up a good point, and like, it kind of goes to like what basketball culture is. Basketball is the most played sport in America. All you like, need. All you need is a ball, just, a hoop, and yourself. Yeah, it's you the most played sport. So, you know basketball culture compared to NFL culture is so different or uh, football culture is so different because to make it to the NFL it almost seems like you have to do this 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 and this to make it to the NFL you have to be great in high school you have to go D1 and then maybe if your team right. is good, you get noticed, and then, one and per- then and you then, go to the NFL. Yeah, the one in basketball, athletes, man. you don't even have to play in high school. You can make it to an AAU league. Go, go, go play, play in Europe. Yeah, like, go, yeah. There's, a, play, there's a multitude yeah. of different avenues that a, a player can take. In Princeton, you go play somewhere at some lower college, and you have the same opportunity to make a career to make it to the late, just you don't have to go to a big name school to make your name well yeah. known. So it's really cool, and that's what I love. That again, that's why I love. That's why I love college sports like more than the NFL because it's like really cool. But that's another reason why like I'm a big fan of these spring football leagues, like the XFL and USFL, mm-hmm. because those are players that like we just had one of our very own Akron Zips get drafted to the USFL. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Victor Jones going to the New Jersey Generals. Shout I might have Victor to. Jones. I might have to switch up my favorite team oh because you know I, I do love the Zips and all Zips alum that much, but. It's stuff like that where, you know, that's why I'm a fan of these new, like, spring leagues coming up because it gives everybody that same opportunity. And we're like, I love the NFL, but, like, it's starting not to be my focal point of what I want to watch. The reason I like these spring leagues, like the XFL and USFL, or the, these these guys, these athletes, 
they played at Division One, Division Two, even some Division Three colleges. The only Division Three college that ever really gets noticed is, uh, is it Mount Union, yeah. but that's because they're literally Alabama 2.0. But for football, for football yeah. But minutes down the road, they're they're professional level athletes, but they're still playing like they're in college. They're playing because they do have something left to prove. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. That's why I like I will admit I watch a lot of Euro League and overseas basketball because those guys over there they still have something left to prove. They are professional athletes, but they want to still make it to the biggest stage yeah. that this earth has. Yeah. Hopefully Lauren it's Christian Jackson hero. soon. Hopefully Lauren Christian Jackson very soon because he's playing lights out mm-hmm. right now. I don't see why he hasn't made it to the NBA, but it's stuff like that. You know what I mean? We're like in basketball there's all these different avenues to all these different leagues and everything that you can do. And in football, it's like, now they're starting to branch out and there's more of a variety that you can go to. Mm-hmm. But football, for the longest, it's been one straight road. <laughs> Destroying on YouTube. You go to one of his seven-on-sevens and maybe you'll get noticed. That's what it was. Yeah, that, that, that's what it was. And, so. <laughs> but now it's you have other leagues and it's branching yeah. out. And I really like it. But that's why, that's why I've always liked basketball, especially college basketball, more so than football. I'm because there's different it. avenues. I'm just not realizing it. It's really cool because everybody gets that same opportunity to make a name. I do love it. And I think it's just happening more, and I think that's why I'm realizing it as much. I think a lot of people are just really realizing this idea as much. Let's get into one more upset that happened round one, and then we'll just talk about some sleepers going into the tournament who we think is going to win. Furman, Virginia, this was a game that I got to watch, uh, 68-67. It was awesome. Uh, It was so cool. Dude who barely ever plays, comes out, shoots a three, makes it. It was incredible. And, um, yeah. What was, the, what was the Virginia turnover at the, the end? The Virginia turnover. Yeah. They, it had, it had, the, uh, they had the, the Furman players even saying after the game, like, he just threw it away. Like, <laughs> yeah. not even they could believe how stupid of a play it was. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just basic basketball IQ to not cock the ball back to your foot and then proceed to try to throw it Jab- over your head. Shot put javelin. <laughs> yeah, and then, like the Jarrett Jackson. Sure, there was like. nobody, there was not one Virginia player anywhere close to where that ball what, ended up. What my thinking was, the UVA they were player. only winning by two points. What I, so what I thought the UVA player thought he was doing was, he's like, okay, if I loft this thing down to the other end of the court, it will take away the rest of the time on the clock. <laughs> uh, but no. No. No, the, no. The, the smart thing to do in that situation is just take the foul. Like, let and yourself like, get fouled. I 100% and like, agree. How about the, and 100%. How about it, was, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen him throwing the ball away. And like then that, that Furman player just stepping into a deep three. He was still like four steps behind the line. He just, he just. Caught the ball and said, "Bleep it! I'm scoring!" And he and he did. He he really just hit it. And if he that, didn't, I, if I he didn't like, hit it, nobody talks about there's, that. There's at all. there's just, just sometimes like you you find yourself with your with the ball in your hands in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I can attest for this. Some like for, for the one game that I did play Catch in and high shoot, school, baby. I got the ball in my hands, and the first thing that went to my mind was, I have the ball, I'm shooting Evan this thing Wilson. right now. Exactly. That's what I did. That, that's literally all you got to do. You, <laughs> you wait Evan there, you wait there, and then the Wilson. minute the ball touches your hands, you just say, I don't care how far away I am, I am shooting this ball. That was my logic in CYO basketball. I got two four-point plays in Ooh. my four-year career. No, I was terrible, but I do have two four-point plays to my name. Hey, it's all good. I missed the free throws both times, <laughs> but... I have them to my name. No, but it, it, it was it was one of those things where no, it's just I like them, for for that player and for Firm. Unfortunately, they did end up uh, they did end up losing to San Diego State last night. But mm-hmm. you know what a what a way to send Virginia home. Like what yeah. what a way. Like that was just an incredible yeah. turn of events. Like I said, th- there there are clips and you can still see them online. Obviously, uh, the Firm players were walking around like in the tunnel and they were going. He just threw it. 
because even they were in disbelief. They were that too surprised. Virginia, to they, they were. They did not know what to do because what? nobody saw that happening. Because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you're up by. If you're Virginia, you're already up by two. You take the foul. Game over at that point. Ga- game is over. There's only a few seconds left on the clock. The game's over. Game's in your hands. You're moving on to face San Diego State. Instead, like I said, what happened happened. They cocked the ball back. You throw it. The rest yeah. is history. So, and even though Firm so, did end up losing, like. To be in that moment for them probably was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, which and yeah. I, I I love it because like that's what March Madness is about. It's, it's about making those memories. And, yeah. well, you know, I, saw, I actually saw a TikTok about this. Actually, it's like a guy it was a guy doing stand up, and he's like, "Yeah, I was on like this weird team that upset Syracuse in like the 2012 NCAA." I know you're talking about. I saw yeah, the comedian and, and too, his, and his wife's like, "This like when they had their baby, he's like, this is like the best day of my life." He's like, "For me." I don't know, man. We beat Syracuse <laughs> when we were number one. Uh, when they were number one, it's like I was playing in the Sweet 16. This is like top 10. Yeah, it's like it's moments like that that like encaps. Like if, if you don't watch March Madness, like it's moments like that that like it makes the whole stigma of like March Madness. It, that's why it's March Madness. Mm-hmm. Because the most insane things will happen, the most insane ups. I mean, all we've talked about basically for March Madness is these upsets. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's about. It's about these kids, these players, they're making the names for themselves. It's about these these schools that you might not have heard of that are D1, but you like overlook FDU. them. Like FDU. You I overlook don't even them. Know but for, I learned Furman was in New York City yesterday. I also found that out when the New York Jets tweeted about him. <laughs> That's how I found out. <laughs> but it's, it's stuff like that where, like, now FDU, a school that nobody's heard of, they're probably going to get a few more recruits because of what they managed to do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a way that small schools make their names known, Maybe and that's can... what's the like focal point of it, is that these players and these teams that aren't well-known, they make themselves known, they make a name for themselves in this month, in this tournament, and it's unreal. So we got five minutes left in the show. Very quickly, uh, let's just all get it out. Ha ha, Kent State. That's what you get. That's it. I have more things to say. I have prepared I, myself for this. Let me just pull it up here. I, I wish. We All right. <clears throat> so my first point that I would like to say is sincere carry. Um, you're supposed to be the best player on your team. I'm sorry, but I don't think 15 points on a 5-for-18 shooting performance against Indiana is anywhere close to you being the best player on your team whatsoever. Uh, you never deserved to win the MAC tournament in the first place. That was never yours to win at all. You lucked in to a win against Akron where we weren't even playing that well, and we still almost beat you. We only lost by six, so you had no right at all to even consider yourself to be dancing. Uh, stop dancing in TikToks. It's really, really annoying. Um, also, stop dancing on the court. I'm sorry we're not uh, in 7th grade, or not 7th grade, like 7-year-old AAU. I don't need to see you dancing. Um, since you're Carrie, also, yeah, why don't you go ahead and shush the entire three NIU pl- uh, <laughs> fans that were there, a.k.a. the parents of some of the players that were there, when you lucked in to an and one. Uh, you missed the free throw, by the way, so nice one on that, bud. Um, where, who else am I going to dig into here? Sorry, I, I've prepared a lot for this because I've I've been give me like I've been holding in this rage. I've been holding in this rage. You ended up losing by eleven. That is way more than Akron lost to against a much much higher seeded UCLA team last year. So we still own you in every aspect, and March Madness included. Um, where else? Uh, just overall, uh, Malik Jacobs. Wow, you're supposed to be your team's new number one scorer next year. How does 3 for 11 on 37 minutes sound for 8 points? That sounds really good to me. Uh, Being an Akron fan, I'm really excited to see you be the number one option when we absolutely destroy you next year. Um, Chris Payton, I don't like you at all. Stop playing basketball. 
Um, you think you're good, but in reality, all you can do is just dunk the ball over players that are 10 inches shorter than you because you get lucky that Kent decides to run pick and rolls as much as they do like they're a Division Four Catholic uh, high school team. Um, Indiana, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to go on this rant because I don't like Kent at all. For one day, I was a Hoosier, and I will be forever proud that on that one day I was a Hoosier because it allows me to do this. Kent, I'm so glad you're at home. I'm glad that you're going to be so bad next year. And since you're Kerry, I hope you realize that, especially after this performance, you're never finding yourself on an NBA roster ever. That, I don't think if there's one if, if there's wants. one Mac player that is going to find himself on an NBA roster next season, that would be Xavier Castaneda, not you, Sincere Carey. You can go play, not even overseas. You're not even good enough to do that. You should go take up accounting or something. Get a get a real job. Basketball ain't for you, kid. Give it up. Well, All was... right. Well, hey, real quickly, I want to know from each of you, who do you have winning March Madness? Not necessarily your bracket, just right now, who do you think is going to win? Houston or San Diego State? San Diego State, if they get through Bama, they're getting through everyone else. I am going to give it to Texas at this point. I think Texas, it's theirs to lose at this point. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Tennessee. I had Tennessee. I actually think they're a really good team. I also really like Alabama. I just, if I had to give an upset, and we would if we had more time, I can see them losing to San Diego when they play them. Uh, That's my only worry there. But, yeah, that is going to do it for Sports Power Talk today. It was two hours, but it felt like it flew by in like ten minutes. This was so much fun. Any last thoughts from either of you? Uh, as always, go Zips, go Steelers, go Guards and Cavs. And Kent, I am so very happy that you are back home sulking and realizing, oh no, we're going to be the new worst team in the MAC. We're going to be worse than Eastern Michigan because we don't have competent basketball players. Unlike us at the University of Akron, we have our entire team coming back, except for our seniors. So real quick, thank you you gave to us Never. on and off the court. And Trendon, I know it was only a one-year stint here in Akron for you, but thank you for the memories that you had for us this year, leading us to some very, very big wins, having some phenomenal performances. And Zips fans, Enrique Freeman, he's back. Kent yeah. State, they don't have sincere carry. Do the math. Zips won in the MAC. Zips going dancing next year. Well, I know it's a big gambling weekend, and I know if you're like me, you're down a lot. So just remember, gamble responsibly today, and always remember this too, 99% of gamblers quit before they win big. So keep crafting <laughs> those parlays, baby. Good. Put, put that on Zip's there. line, baby. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I do want to give up my UFC shout-out. Number one, I'm number one in the UFC rankings over Jake and Mitch. You guys thought I wasn't going to mention that on Sports Power Talk. No, I will. And big shout-out to the man, the reason why I'm ahead, Leon Edwards. Thank you so much. The best champion in the UK right now. We got to love you, Rocky. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for Sports Power Talk. Once again, I was your host, Alex Henry. I was joined with Matt Permuka and Pat Weber. And we are signing off. Thank you guys. Have a great week.